Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast hosted by your good pals, Andrew Levins and Siobhan Coombs. Hello. 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 <laughs> uh, what's going on, Siobhan? You, have, you good this week? Yeah, I'm pretty well. Did, you, re- you. did you read anything over the weekend? Um, Some novels? Magazines? <laughs> I mean, I read a couple of comic books. I guess if you can really even call that reading. Uh, I don't. I refuse to call it reading. It's uh, it's an inferior art form. <laughs> someone, someone commented on the King's Comics Facebook page on something totally random. Um, comics aren't real books. <laughs> and we were like... <laughs> Yeah, they're heaps better than real books. Like, what do you want from us? <laughs> they're the best art are? form, everybody. And it's that's true. what we do every week. We read all of the best art forms that come out each week. <laughs> we let you know which are the best of the best art forms, the best comics that came out from Marvel, DC, Image, Dark Horse, and more. We review them all for you every week. Speaking of comics on the internet, Siobhan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Com- uh, comics or comments? What did I say? Com- you said comics, but go on. Yeah, comments, com- comments on the internet. We did a little, uh, a little video for... Um, GameSpot um, mm-hmm. about ne- the new Netflix Iron Fist show. Have, um, you, have you watched it yet? I watched one episode. What do you think? I may not watch any more episodes. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. Um, so, uh, but yeah, th- there's a sponsored post that GameSpot put up mm-hmm. of, of our video of us kind of just giving a little guide to who Iron Fist is and what you can expect from this show and what we hope to see in this show. doesn't look like any of the things that we hope to see in the show made it into the show, which is a bummer. It's not going to be all about friendship? Uh, unfortunately not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, friendship, friendship and weird mystical stuff. Oh. Um, but uh, there's some pretty funny comments on, on here about us, about Kings. Do you, should I read them out or, or should we go without? <laughs> I mean, you could. Some of them are pretty funny. Uh, I get called iron tits. So that's the yeah. That's that's the. I think that's the best one. I think that's the best one. It, so it, now my full name is Shinbone Iron Tits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> McGee. I don't have a last name. No, but it's it's a pun though because Iron Fist. Ah, uh, see now I get it. Yeah, now yeah, I get yeah. it. I wasn't just I had general. Like, I just thought I had like really metallic tits <laughs> on that day or something. <laughs> Magnetic, yeah. <laughs> it was all those like magnets I had stuck to my nipples. It was real weird. <laughs> um, I get a pretty good one. Um, I get a comment about me that says, that guy can be drawn with three circles, small <laughs> at top, then getting larger when you walk, work your way down. I really like it because it makes it sound like you have like a giant butt. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a giant <laughs> like butt. Like a Nicki Minaj style. <laughs> An <like>. iron butt. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, some pretty funny comments over there. Go over there if you want to laugh. Uh, shout out to the few people on there that actually know who we are. Oh, that's say, nice. Hey, fam. This one's oh, a good one. <laughs> that's nice. And, uh, this one kind of knows who I am. This guy, Gareth, says, Levens is a legend, but Triple J is in good hands with Jen now that he's gone. <laughs> for, those, for those non-Australian listeners, um, Triple J is like a local Look, like, like radio a na- national station. radio station. Yeah. And, uh, I've I, I have not been on it in years and years and years. So, <laughs> but thank just, goodness you're gone. Um, but Jen's good. Jen Fricker, everybody. Yeah, she's she's great. She should be on this podcast at some yeah, point. Absolutely. I should force her to read some comics. Mm. Uh, anyway, let's stop talking about comments and start talking about comics. Yes, they sound similar, but they're very different. As you'll learn in this show, uh, every episode we start with a segment called First Things First, in which we review all of the new number ones from last week, uh, and uh, we're going to kick things off with, um, I guess, a, a dark horse book. Yeah. This is uh, a an adaptation of a book by Neil Gaiman. More you famous, might have heard of it. More famous uh, for for doing comics, but he's I guess one of his more famous novels that he's written is uh, American God- Gods. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this has been adapted by um, P. P. Craig Russell mm-hmm. and art by Scott Hampton. Uh, American Gods again. Yeah, this is like a based on like a, a massively award winning and good best selling novel. It's so definitely my favorite Neil Gaiman book. I have not read it. It's real good. No it's very it. very good. There's no pictures. It's true. <laughs> it's a tough. It's a tough slog, guys. <laughs> um, and it's about actually. I don't know what what is the overall like series of American Gods about. It's just one novel, and it's about. I mean, it's been a long time since I've read it, so this is going to be a it's totally a inaccurate synopsis. <laughs> um, but it's like about the old gods trying to stop new gods kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Like, old gods trying to hang on to their power from um, new, like, sexy tech gods. Right. That kind of vibe. Right, Jim? Yep. Voice in my head says yes. Thank you. Perfect. All um, the gods. So, you don't really get much of that so far in this first issue. We get a... We see a... Uh, a young man who is in uh, in prison has been in prison for a while. He still has a a wife, um, and uh, she's been waiting for him to get out of prison. And he's like his sentence has been reduced, and he's counting down the days until he can get out. But he can tell that something bad is happening. He doesn't know what it is. Something bad is going to happen, mm-hmm. um, and uh, a bad thing does happen. Um, and he still gets to get out of jail anyway. Um, but on his way back to his hometown, uh, he sits next to. Somebody on the plane who kind of offers him a strange offer. And mm. I guess, it, it, uh, my guess is that this man is an American god. What? What do you think? You could be, you could be right, my friend. Um, I really enjoyed this. Like, we're, we're getting an American Gods TV show, so that's kind of why this is um, coming out at this time, I think. But it is, you know, I, it could have eaten easily come out on its own like i think this is a really brilliant first issue i think the art is really good i don't know if p craig russell actually does some of the art or he he does the art at the end in that little final i love that yeah that was amazing so there's like a little extra story where we see one of the other gods um who is a sexy lady she eats someone with her vagina that's what we all do guys um (laughs) (laughs) but that's definitely like that's very p craig russell yeah, that was fantastic. Um, I thought the the other um, it was uh, it's very it's quite like uh, reminiscent of early Vertigo, um, yeah. which is what Neil Gaiman is immediately associated with with, mm-hmm. with Sandman. Um, and in fact, yeah, it reminded me a lot of the, the Sandman, the kind of rough but very artistic. Yeah, um, and art. sort of like uh, really really light inks and kind of washed out colors. And I'm I'm sort of interested to see if the color palette will change when things start to sort of shift into slightly more mystical territory. Sure. 
Um, again, I just want to point out that that ripping sound in the, in the background isn't Siobhan honking down on some coke. Uh, that's uh, that's our good friend and voice in Siobhan's head, Lynn, taping up boxes of orders to be sent away to the King's Comics customers abroad. Yes, we have we have many many customers. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so thanks to Lynn for your continued hard work, and may you never be fired again. Yeah. Um, so that was American Gods. Uh, a nice little start to this series. Um, I'm going to keep reading it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you, okay, so are you going to watch a TV show too? Yeah, the TV show looks amazing, guys. So that would mean that by the end of the year, you will have consumed this story in three forms of media. That'll be nice. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and then I guess reviewing it is another form of media, right? Kind of. Kind I was, of, I, was I guess. Maybe we should recap it. That works. Yeah, jeez. Um, over to DC now, um, which uh, put out a number one. We read the Rebirth issue of this a while ago, but this is the first issue of Batwoman, um, a new series uh, featuring uh, Kat Kane. Kate Kane. Kate Kane, um, which was written by Marguerite Bennett and James Tinney the fourth, with art by Steve Epting and um, colours by somebody Cox. Um, Jeremy Cox at that. Uh, and uh, I just want to say, first and foremost, the favorite thing about this book, just like it was in the Rebirth issue, is Steve Epting's art. Mm, I feel like that's a cop out, like leading with that, given that, you know, it is a. Uh, pretty good story too um this basically felt like what if batwoman was james bond yeah actually that's a pretty good that's a pretty good summation i sort of felt like it was maybe a tiny bit um overwritten i thought it was a lot more enjoyable than the rebirth issue oh, really? in I that regard i enjoyed the rebirth issue a little bit more but um yeah still a solid first issue and i'm, I'm keen to see where it goes yeah we um we are generally fans of where Marguerite Bennett takes her stories, but not fans of the dialogue that she writes for her characters. Yes. Um, so I think as far as it goes in, in, in this book, she's not... I, I, there are a few moments that irked me in uh, the Rebirth issue, but I, I liked the dialogue generally in this. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the James Bond compa- comparison that I brought up was not particularly novel on my behalf because, in fact, at one point, her psychic refused, refers to herself as Q. Oh, so yeah. It was- Actually, that's the thing. I think that's the thing that I found sort of most... Like, I'm not I'm not heaps familiar with this character, so um, Kate is being supported by Julia Pennyworth, who is Alfred's daughter, who was introduced... I was getting Jim to tell me who she is the other day and she was um, introduced like pre-New 52 and she was Alfred's daughter who Alfred like sort of abandoned his family to look after Bruce and um, after Bruce's parents died and uh, I find that a weird yeah, weird right. story arc uh, wh- wh- weird when, was it? when did that happen? Pre-52 Really? Crazy Alright okay, well anyway this character is back Alfred has kids I don't know Lynn Super reckons fun. it was in Batman Eternal Might okay. have been Batman Eternal Thanks Lynn Thanks, Lynn. Thanks, Jim. Um, I love the idea of every character in your head only having <laughs> names that rhyme with, like, whim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> I guess if we pronounce Wayne's in here, too, we could pronounce Wayne. Win. Yeah, Win. win. <laughs> and Kristin. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. This works really well, everybody. Um, um, but, yeah, I think uh, I'll, I'll continue with this series. Yeah, it, uh, even though I wasn't, like, huge fan of it overall, like, I, it's... Not like it's it's very readable. Yeah, it didn't blow me away, but nor did it make me cross. Um, so I'll 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 give it another couple of issues at least. Any any book where Batwoman like is like one half espionage kind of sexy thriller, and then mm. another half her riding a motorcycle up up a monster. Yeah, great great combo. Got me one over, especially when Steve Epting is drawing the fuck out of it. Steve Epting really is amazing. Real good stuff. Uh, so over from DC now to Valiant. Um, we've been uh, reporting on the Stalinverse books since they started <laughs> with Divinity the Third, um, written by Matt Kent as the main series. And he's been writing, for the most part, these little one-shot issues where he introduces other characters um, 
from the Valiant universe into the Stalinverse, which is the, a universe in which Russia is the main superpower, um, thanks to um, the rewritten visions of a superhero who comes back with uh, crazy cosmic powers after being stuck in space. It sounds so complicated, but it's actually incredibly readable and really, really good fun. And I think even these one shots, if you didn't know, I mean, they, they sum it up really well. They just kind of give you this like kind of cool timeline of like yeah. rewritten Russian history mm-hmm. um, or world history because Russia is the uh, the big one in this. Uh, we, we've had um, Shadow Man. Um, we've had a bunch of other. There are there are a bunch of other cool like um, like Russian folklore characters kind of yeah. in the backups as well. But this one is the Archer and Armstrong issue. Um, this is called Escape from Gulag. 396 has been written by Elliot Rahal with art by Francis Portella and Andrew Dollhouse. Um, and uh, this was another really strong showing of just a, like a really fun one shot set in this universe featuring characters who aren't in the main divinity story. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I don't know much about Archer and Armstrong. I sort of thought that they were like slightly more comedic and this was a fairly like grim um, single issue all about kind of uh, Archer being a... Christian, um, who like Christianity has been outlawed in the Stalin verse, and so he's kind of carrying on underground um, mass and trying to live his life as a Christian in this, and trying to um, redeem Armstrong, who is a big cranky man in prison. Yeah, yeah. it was really good. I thought it was really great, and it's and it's you know Christianity is not a cool thing uh, in, no, uh, in in art forms, and uh, it's it's rare to see it kind of painted in a. Uh, positive light especially mm. in the current political climate Siobhan Absolutely. but uh, I thought this was this was really good um, yeah. and it kind of you, you really love uh, Archer's kind of like devotion to his beliefs and mm. yeah it was yeah, good it was lovely it was really a really nice issue um, I just saw there's an ad for um, the second volume of uh, the sequel to Britannia yeah um, I'm very keen for that Peter Milligan sexy Rome book yeah um, and I just love the the, the um, description of it is this sequel to Valiant's 10 times sold out magnum opus <laughs> how do you sell 10 times sold out I don't know, I don't know out, what that meant but do, 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 do really 10 well. printings I don't know or did each of we the five issues sell out five times twice maybe who knows it's a very random thing um, this issue also had a good uh, little backup story which was the origin of the pioneer who is one of the um, sort of folklore style um here like soviet heroes who exist in the stalin verse which is pretty good but she she lives on an island the kuril islands which are immediately between japan and russia Mm. which is not an area that you ever hear of much no but uh this is great and japan cops it yeah they cop it sweet really fun (laughs) um so that's valiant this week uh and we move over to boom or the boom box their all ages imprint for a uh comic by Liz Prince, Amanda Kirk and Hannah Fisher, who were previously kind of been like zine makers. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, Cody and the Creepies, which is an all ages comic about a, um, a spooky punk band on mm. tour. Um, and uh, like all Boom Book, Boombox is very queer friendly and, yep. and, and colourful and fun. Um, very inclusive. Absolutely. Um, and I think if you are younger, you know, um, a younger person who's really finding themselves and happens to love punk music, you'll get a lot out of this book. Absolutely. Like, um, I think it's one of those, um, I, I mean, not for me in a non-offensive sense. I agree, 100%. <laughs> this time. Like, this probably isn't a book for me, but only because I'm, you know, old and cranky and I, I don't like teens. Um, um, yeah. The, I, I, Boombox, for the most part, has been, like, just hit for hit for me. Um, yeah. But to the point where you know, I have to be quite specific about the ones I continue reading. Yeah. Um, Goldie Vance and Backstage is a very much my shit, but this is a little, a little, little 
kind of, you know, slapsticky for my yeah, tests. Yeah, absolutely. But it was cute. It was very, very cute. Super cute. It's all about ghosts, guys. Ghosts and who play guitars and do punk stuff. Sounds nice. I read a couple of shockers, a couple of stankers. Oh, yeah. Um, did you read, read this one? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell yeah. us about this one, Siobhan. Um, I so somehow, whenever, whenever we get a comic like this, I blame you. Yeah, <laughs> it is my fault. I did insist on us both reading this, and it was awful. Um, so, along with uh, Fathom, who's a character who's gotten her own comic again in the sort of Aspen verse, um, which is Michael Turner's kind of comic, there is a character called Soulfire. Um, so this is all new Soulfire issue one, written by J.T. Kroll with art by Giuseppe Caffaro. Um, I found this like impenetrably hard to b- read as like an issue one. Yeah, I don't know what happened. You know, like, I, what? I finished it. And I was like, what? oh, I, don't, I could not be bothered rereading that, but I have no idea what to take from that. Like, surely an issue one should just like introduce you to a character in a world in a fairly like efficient way. This I had like this is clearly set in some kind of uh, like. W- like either alternate universe or future where some people have wings or magic or something. And then there's a guy who's really rich and handsome. And I guess he's the hero or so, something. So I, my only exposure to Aspen comics has been this number one and the number one of Fathom that we read yeah. a few weeks ago. Um, both of them are Michael Turner creations. Both of them look extremely throwback to a, uh, you know, the, the scantily clad comic books of the 90s. Yeah, um, like if you know, like, Witchblade, it's that kind of vibe. Uh, but uh, I feel like they both suffer from being, and, you know, maybe if you were a fan, this is everything you want, but, like, like this, these things definitely have, like, a cult fan base of sorts. Absolutely. And they've, it just feels like they've just kind of ticked the boxes. What do the fans want from this franchise will only please them without trying to get new new people on board. Yeah, and it's just, it does frustrate me, like... If you're going to have a number one, take advantage of that and make it accessible for new readers. Like, I thought that this was uh, really sort of failed as a number one. I want to recommend. <coughs> Aggressively, not for us. Yes. Uh, not even not for us, just not good. Yeah. Just, yeah. I feel bad saying that. No, I don't. Like, I mean, it was a badly written number one, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, final number one, which you didn't even read. I, no. totally, I totally understand why, too. Um, this is my first ever foray into the world of Warhammer. <laughs> And this is Warhammer 40,000. The, the little dudes that you paint and then fight, right? Well, that I was, kind of I, thing. Okay, my, I, I lied. The expo- prior exposure was like when I turned like 17. Mm. A friend gave me a Warhammer figure that he'd painted and ripped the head off and stuck a photo of my face on. Oh, that's nice. So I was hoping he would show up in this, yeah. in this book, but he didn't. Uh, <laughs> my high school boyfriend, I'm pretty sure, was pretty into Warhammer. So, cool. He, would, he, can have cool this he can have this issue if he wants. Uh, Warhammer 40,000 Revelations is the name of this book, uh, published by Titan and Games Workshop. Uh, George Mann, Tazio Betton, Enrique Aaron Angiolini and Rob Steen on this book. Uh, unfortunately, for a, a, a first look into this series, I've, Revelations suggests that this is the final <laughs> or like, you know, a, a post-event event. Right. Um, it's one of four of a miniseries, but yeah, I think it definitely is like the continuation of a very long uh, long run uh, and I had no idea who any of the characters were or why I should care but at one point in fact on the first page the highlight of the book is when someone throws up a mess of blood and eyeballs oh I sort of thought it would be more like kid friendly is it like really slapsticky eyeballs or is it kind of no no it's, it's all it's all gross oh. and then he, he, he himself has no eyes is that me being rude because I think Warhammer is for babies Warhammer is for adults <laughs> adults who can paint <laughs> They are tiny and really hard to paint, I imagine. So that is a, uh, a quick and uh, weird 
edition of First Things First. Yeah, I think I'll like I'll continue reading only two of those. We, I mean, we, I mean, if if we got a, an ongoing oh. Escape from Gulag three nine six, I would one hundred percent read that. I'm pretty but, sure that's uh, a one shot. Yeah, uh, Batwoman and American Gods for us. Thank you very much. Yes, please. <laughs> uh oh, I've got to take a coin out of my pocket. Oh no, who's got a coin? I don't have a coin. Um, I'm going to play Flip the Opal card. <laughs> um, so uh, every single week we play a flip a coin for Marvel or DC. But you know what? I think we need to find a three-sided thing that we can flip because yeah. I think Image should be in the mix because I had a great time with Image this week and I wish we could talk about these books sooner. Yeah. But the segment's important, Siobhan. We're going to do it. it flip, a coin, flip an Opal card for, um, for, for Marvel or DC. Um, so the Opal logo is Heads. Okay. So what's Heads? Heads is DC. Okay. And Opal logo it is. We're going to talk about DC. <laughs> really uh, quick, for, efficient DC this week. Yeah. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what an Opal card is, it is how we, we get on trains and buses and ferries in Sydney. Yeah. You should, if you ever visit here, get an Opal card. I only just got one like last week. Wow. Don't because, be like Shinbone. Yeah. Don't be like Shinbone. I walk everywhere, which sometimes is inefficient. Especially if you live in Parramatta. Which yeah, is, yeah. Which I do. A whole, a whole hour away from Kings. Um, so uh, I'm now going to review the first of the DC books that we're going to talk about. What should that be, Siobhan? Um, why don't we start with the with the big two? Let's talk about Batman and Superman first. But which Batman and Superman? Because we've got an issue of Batman and All-Star Batman and an issue of Superman and Super Sons this week. Um, well, let's start. Let's just start with Batman, regular <laughs> Batman. Uh, so, regular Batman is uh, the continuation of the I Am Bane, day four, part four of the I Am Bane storyline by Tom King and um, David Finch um, with uh, inks on this one. But David Finch does very good pencils, and we've got a great lineup of inkers: Danny Mickey, Trevor Scott, Sandra Hope, and colors by Jordi Belair. Um, this uh, has been a very up and down arc. Like Tom King is really really enjoying these huge tone shifts yeah. in this series. It's such an interesting book altogether because I just never quite know what to expect from it. Yeah, I kind of feel like every one of these stories could end with like, and then it was all a dream. But it's, <laughs> it actually is like this ongoing like kind of exploration of, of Batman's characters. Yeah. Um, and, and, and what makes him ticks while, while they do what they do. So after getting the, um, the side-by-side comparison issue of Bane and Batman, we now get... Bane working his way through Arkham Asylum, mm. basically like beating up all of Batman's rogues gallery mm. to get to Batman and Alfred who have like hold themselves away inside uh, inside Arkham's walls. And like this didn't really, I think that I think Tom King's run will be really interesting to read once it's completed and in trade because this issue felt kind of fillery, even though a lot happens in it. It's sort of, I was left like, oh, I feel like nothing really happened in this. That's so funny that you could, like, you could uh, call an issue in which um, Bane punches Two-Face, <laughs> Riddler, um, <laughs> Solomon Grun- Grundy, Amygdala, Am- what is his name? Amig- Am- amygdala? Amygdala. Amygdala. Scarecrow. Scarecrow, like, everyone in here, they all get punched in the goddamn face. But, like, like, I thought do, it was great. You, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but it was just um, we, like it was. It's uh, it didn't have like a really like beginning, middle, and end structure for the comic. You know, like it sort of just flowed along. So when it got to the end, I was sort of like, oh, I sort of expected something to happen there. Yeah, but sure. that's that's like I, that's why I think it might just be kind of cool to read in trade but yeah like a totally enjoyable um series i really love the inclusion of maxi zeus yep a super underused um batman villain who thinks he's a god and uh, Do- dr phosphorus as well 
Yep. Who I really love. A radioactive skeleton. A Finch draws like an excellent um, Two-Face. Yep. Really totally like agree. Really big, full page, full page image of Two-Face, which is really excellent. Um, and it's cool seeing so many of these villains show up after they... Um, I guess we're put away in Arkham after being caught in the, from the first arc of All-Star Batman. Mm. Um, yeah, it's fun. I, I love how both Batman and All-Star Batman are just kind of not shying away from just using as many bad guys as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really fun, kind of really celebrating um, in the same way that Lego Batman does, just celebrates the entirety of Batman's kind of legacy and rogues gallery. It's great. They're not shying away from using any character. Yeah. I They're sort all wonder in, in if, here at once. I wonder if Finch will be using Calendar Man again in something. Because he's sort of like Calendar Man has kind of shown up in the background of a whole bunch of um, the these issues, so I think it could be interesting to see if that's going to lead somewhere. Yeah, I like that he's like not not a joke either. Like he's yeah, absolutely, pretty great. He's scary. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I really like this 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 run. I think it's I think it's yeah. I like how totally different. It, it's never short of riveting. Yeah. It may not be completely satisfying um, when when you kind of expect things to be addressed from the issue before. Mm-hmm. But uh, I still think it's extremely readable and, and definitely one that I recommend. Absolutely. And the next issue looks like it's just going to be like a, a brawl because Bane has finally made his way to Batman. Again. So that could be, that could be pretty soon. Or there's going to be a big old twist. <laughs> yeah, it could be all right. Have me many it was of them. Catwoman the whole time. Yeah, that's right. Catwoman is Bane. <laughs> um, so over from Batman to All-Star Batman by Scott Snyder with art by um, Carmine. Oh, nope. No, Giuseppe. Giuseppe. Giuseppe Carmen Cooley. That's his name. Um, and then a backup by um, Francesco Francavilla as well. Um, this uh, continues this, uh, like it started two issues ago with a, a, like a prose story mm-hmm. with artwork um, of uh, about Doctor Freeze, Mister mm-hmm. Freeze. Ms. Yeah, I said, I, I said, is it Doctor Freeze, Jim? It's, it's Mister Freeze. It's Mister Freeze. Freeze. He's got no. Surely doctorate. he has a PhD. <laughs> a doctorate, right? Okay, he never um, quite finished it. But. Uh, it's kind of, and then it's, it's then it's tied. It's like he's like unleashed. He's thought out some people, and in doing so, has unleashed this disease. Um, and then the last issue, um, Batman enlisted the help of Poison Ivy mm-hmm. to help fight it. And now, for some reason, um, Mad Hatter is involved. Oh. and uh, it's pretty cool and fun. Um, there's some amazing analogies to um, Batman's, like, like basically like Bane is the Jabberwocky. Um, who is the like the Joker is um is the queen of uh, sorry the, the, Harley is the queen of hearts and Joker is the king of hearts. Um, obviously, uh, Catwoman is a Cheshire cat and Riddler is the caterpillar. Oh, that's like, fun. Yeah, there's, there's some fun moments in that. But overall, I don't, uh, I, I kind of wish it wasn't prose. I kind of just wished it was a comic. I know I always say this, and I feel like a big dummy when I say it. But Snyder, like you know, his comics are pretty overwritten anyway. So when he actually yeah. has like entire like you know boxes of text to fill. <laughs> Um, it really feels like a, I don't know, a lot, a lot to get through. Yeah, and I also find like I, I found with this issue, I didn't manage to finish it before we started recording, but I found with this issue that it, I don't know, like I'm not, not throwing shade at Kamikoli, but um, the way the text is integrated into the panels doesn't look that good to me. Like I don't really like I don't, yeah, the but layout. I don't, I don't think that's him though. I think no, that's like, I he's think just it's submitted this so amazing much art and then they're just going to just slap t- text all over it. Yeah, and it's super unnecessary, um, most of it I feel. Like I think it could be told in a much more streamlined visual way. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the jock issue, which was the um, Mr. Freeze one. Yeah. Um, this one just didn't it didn't grab me the same way. I like what Snyder's trying to do. I think it's like a sort of fun concept, but um, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know if it's totally pulled off in the execution. Um, also, not only are the Matt, is the Mad Hatter in this um, issue, and he also has like it's like all these big tie-ins to like 
the early days of Bruce Wayne as well. Um, but uh, Blackhawk are in this as well. Yeah, cool. I'd like to see Lady Blackhawk show back up. Yeah, at some point. the backup of this is the um, Frances- Francesca Francavia drawn um, issues of uh, of Duke Thomas trying to solve um, the Riddler's riddle, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he kind of meets back up with some of the guys from the I Am Robin run when he was like a, oh, a member of the Robins. Uh, and uh, there's this cute moment where they, he goes to like a uh, after school centre, and all the kids have drawn their favourite heroes, and one of the kids has drawn him. Ah, oh, cute. But he still hasn't decided on a name yet. He doesn't know what to call himself. The moment he calls himself Duke Thomas. <laughs> yeah, it's not that catchy as a secret identity goes. Um, and then at the end, he reveals he, he yells out the name of someone, and I was like, "Who the who the fuck?" It's just like a, a it's like the name is Daryl. Oh yeah. <laughs> and um, I was like, "What is that's weird?" Who's Daryl? So I had to look up, and apparently Daryl was someone from the Zero Year. Scott Snyder stuff. So all this ties into the New 52 stuff. Right, okay. Which I don't want at all. No. Um, but many people do, so that's not important. Uh, um, my, my wants are never important. Uh, <laughs> so over from Bats to Soups, Superman number 19, continue to Superman Reborn. Uh, this was uh, written by P- uh, Peter Tomasi with incredible art. I mean, we always say this. Yeah. Patrick Gleason. But he's so good. He's so good. I just love his his eyes. They're always so beautiful and cartoony, but they're yeah, so really emotive. big like anime eyes. Sometimes, sometimes I love it, especially on Lois. Lois is like a beautiful anime princess. Um, and uh, more and more, he's been doing like some very dynamic page layouts. And I think with this Missile Spitlick stuff, he's been able to just really go wild with it. There's an unbelievable double page spread of Missile Spitlick kind of playing Superman's life like a like a board game. Yeah, so brilliant. Such a uh, like brilliant concept. So beautifully realized yeah and um yeah this is an incredible like issue visually this is such a great example of like the art and the the text working together perfectly doing incredible storytelling um and like crazy colors like just really being able to like let loose and make something really insane and vibrant and beautiful because yeah. you know mr mr pitlick Oh, good God. Mr. Mitsupitlik is in a sort of almost like Candyland-inspired universe. And so it's just, yeah, really, really... Super beautiful. Hyper-colour craziness. I love it. Colours on this one by, were by John Calise. So well done to John, John K. Mm, beautiful. Not, not to be confused with the John K who created Ren Stimpy. I don't think no. anyone did. You've got to assume. <laughs> um, and... Uh, it looks like the end of this book, um, little spoiler, but at the end of the book, it looks like the new 52 Superman is back. Yeah. Kind of? I don't know. Yeah. At the very least, his stupid collar's back. <laughs> um, I like that this issue was less about um, Superman trying to outsmart Mr. Spitlick, mm. um, Mitzel Spitlick, whatever the fuck, <laughs> um, and uh, more about Superboy, John Kent, his son, uh, yeah. trying to outsmart him. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, absolutely. John's, John's now in a position where he can, you know. Save himself a bit. Yeah. Um, so that was a great issue. So too was Super Sons, a book with uh, John Kent and Damian Wayne teaming up to be the Super Sun boys, going out <laughs> fighting crime at their own uh, leisure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love this issue. This is such a fun book. I'm so glad that this has been like so hugely well received and people are really enjoying it because it's such a um like such a fun vibe for DC. These two characters are so great and so like work so well together. Agreed, yeah. And it's just like it's just a real real joy to read. Peter Tomasi again writing this one with uh, art by Jorge Menes. Um this is uh basically about um yeah, Damian Wayne and, and John Kent. Uh, sneaking into a LexCorp lab and um, getting caught by Lex Luthor and then uh, trying to get out of that situation 
Um, but it turns out they had the upper hand all along. Did they? Yep. Or then, did they? <laughs> and they're trying to solve a really, really grisly murder. Um, but it's very, you know, it's it's so sweet and endearing and the sort of ongoing relationship between um, John and Damien is, is so funny and sweet. And yeah. Like and I love that, like... The, there is like the, the the main you know the main conflict isn't that they might get caught by bad guys it's but they might get caught by their parents yeah for sneaking <laughs> exactly. out Perfect. sneaking around and uh, that looks like exactly what's about to happen in the next issue yeah lots of fun. fun yeah super sons was great this week it's a great series everyone should be reading it guys nightwing continues the nightwing must die arc um another damian wayne heavy book that's right which is good fun damian was there all over the shot this week um issue 17 of nightwing this week um written by what's his name tim seeley with art by Javier Fernandez. Um, and this saw um, Dick and Damien uh, trying to find the kidnapper of um, Dick's now pregnant girlfriend. Yep. Comic former, books. former defacer, Sean Sang, yep. I think her name is. Uh, and um, she's been kidnapped by someone who calls himself Deathwing. Sick. Why does he call himself Deathwing, Shivan? Because he has a dead face stapled onto his head or something like that. <laughs> I don't really know. He's like he's like Nightwing, but spooky. Yeah, I, um, he seems to have all of Nightwing's like memories. Know anything? Know everything about him? He's been made by a like by a sort of I don't know. I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know whether he's a whether he's a clone or whether he's someone that's been brainwashed to think that he is the real. Nightwing or well, no, what he, it is. We did learn that he's been created by someone that I did not see oh, coming. Oh, yeah. At the, Sorry, at the very, I forgot the ending of the issue. The <laughs> very end of the issue because I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't really like this issue. And they're like, wait a minute. I love this issue yeah. because uh, the one thing that I did not see coming happened. Um, we saw the return of a, of a character who featured quite heavily in, uh, in fact, he was created for yep. the Batman and Robin run uh, that Grant Morrison did uh, with Frank Quietly when it started when uh, Dick Grayson was Batman. Uh, Professor Pig returns mm. in Nightwing. Uh, which is super cool and fun and and, and like unexpected. Yeah, he's not a villain that I'm super familiar with because I sort of dropped off that series. You didn't read um, Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin? No, it's like it's a really big hole in my um. In you would, my it's comic. like so up your alley. That's I know. Crazy. Yeah. At the time, I was like, this seems too silly for me. Well, he was in the I'm first like, issue. I need to go he's back like, and he's like the bad guy of the first issue, I think. Yeah, I don't really remember. You should pick it up. I You'd know. love it. I know. What are you doing? Reading fifty other comics a week? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, this this book is uh, you know a little bit of a roller coaster ride, but at the moment it's quite good. Yeah, it's fun. I like it. So we move from uh, regular DC, unless you mm-hmm. read. No, nope, cool. Um, do you want to talk about Wildstorm or Young Animal first? Uh, let's talk about Wildstorm. Wildstorm number two by Warren Ellis and John Davis Hunt with Steve Bucciolato. Uh, Bucciolato. Bucciolato. <laughs> it got <laughs> worse as I kept trying yeah, to correct myself. That was a struggle. Uh, so after the first issue, which uh, we kind of introduced, we were mostly introduced to Angela. Mm-hmm. And um, who is a character who has stolen uh, tech and can kind of has like this kind of cool, crazy suit that is built into herself. Kind of like the extremist armor from um, Iron Man. Yeah, and uh, except she, it really hurts her to use. Yeah, that's right. Um, she's heavy. Yeah, and uh, you know she's 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 that she's just a struggling person anyway. Mm. Outside without all this superhero bullshit. <laughs> Um, and we also got introduced to uh, people who owned that tech. I don't, I don't know if I remember anyone's name mm-hmm. in this book. But um, yeah, issue issue two continued uh, her story and their story and introduced who I, someone who I guess is going to be Grifter. Yeah, I would assume that's Grifter, but I'm not super familiar with Grifter. So, so. I, I wrote out all of the... Um, 
all the Wildstone comics that I've actually read the other day. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think Grifter was in any of them except from some like weird JLA Wildcats crossover. Mm-hmm. Wildcats is a big um, black gray area in my comic book reading. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's better or worse than not reading Batman and Robin. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, Grifter is a character that I know just has like a massive fan base. Um, like I would, someone would say too big for a guy that essentially just wears a, a red sack over his head. My boyfriend thinks that that's the best comic book. Um, it's the best superhero costume of all time. It's pretty good. It's not. I mean, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like this issue though. Like, you know, I think that they're doing a really solid job of introducing us to these characters in this world. I like the kind of tech villain aspect to it i think that's something that we see a lot in comics these days but it's relevant and it makes sense and it's done well in also this. no one is better at writing tech villains than warren ellis oh so yeah totally absolutely makes sense. um yeah i really enjoyed this I, I really like all the characters that we've been introduced to i'm i'm on board and john um john davis hunt is nailing it yeah it's great otherwise. i really enjoy that um yeah i think uh, as, as an issue you know, you can tell they're playing the long game with this. Um, yeah. And I, I think a lot of people are on board regardless of, you know, what happens in these first five issues because they know that it's Warren Ellis, they know these Absolutely. characters and they have the trust in it. So they are they are taking their time, really kind of setting up all these small moving pieces that'll all make sense a few issues from now. Yeah. Good issue. Good issue. Really enjoyable. Issue six of Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye from DC's Young Animal imprint by Gerard Way, John Rivera and Michael Avon Awaming. Um, I... Not sure if I like this book. Oh, really? Yeah, like I, I, I get that, like it's meant to be completely trippy and weird, but it just feels like forced trippy and weird. Ah, oh, see, I don't. Yeah, like I mean, I could see that. Like, there's a whole, you know, like they they drink a psychedelic. Um, what's it called? Like something pudding. Night pudding. <laughs> Night pudding it just sounds gross. <laughs> um, that gives them kind of weird hallucinations that they use to get through a. A sort of scary battle, but I really enjoy it, and I I really like the art. I think it's um really something different and over the top and crazy, and I love the kind of weird underworld. Um, I think the art's far and away the best thing about it. The art the art by um, um, Michael Avon Aiming and also the colors by Nick Filardi are like yeah. are, are absolutely incredible. But as a story, I just find it so hard to follow. Like I I feel like I I, I follow maybe a third of 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 the the story itself and i don't know i I just don't i don't remember the characters and then i come back and then a bunch of them die and i don't know yeah that's true that's fair there's an element of which like i don't heaps remember who the bad guys are or what they're doing (laughs) um which maybe it'll be like easier to follow in trade i guess maybe it's just that isn't important maybe it's just like this like you know head fuck tripper yeah i feel like as like an experience it's a great comic to read and i really like it's a i was i don't know why i can't remember his name wild dog the guy in the hockey mask he's a fun addition sure um and i like the the sort of father-daughter relationship between cave and um cave and his daughter chloe i like the weird icky villains and their gross slimy whatever yeah, I, I like that fun. that when Cave was tripping out, he um he sees a vision of his um dead wife who like gives him like the words to to egg himself on. Yeah. And I also liked that that wild dog or that character is yelled fuck you dad as he <laughs> yeah. like, is he actually his dad? No, he's just like he's I think he's the... just hallucinating. <laughs> oh right, amazing. Okay, cool. All right, pretty funny stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just uh, I it's something f- super different and the backup story from Tom Scioli um, again, just like this total mad, I don't even understand what's going on. But see, on. I want 24 pages of this. Yeah, it is really good fun. It feels like a weird like Victorian take on um, 
on the DC universe. Like, bizarre corners of the DC universe, like the Wonder Twins and um, the New Gods and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah, I fun. hope they collect all of this backup material because I'm, yeah. I'm getting so much out of it. Absolutely. And all the Young Animal books. But yeah, for me, it just felt like um, Gerard Way and John Rivera like doing a doing their take on um, Tom Scioli and um, what's he does? The Cobra, Super Cobra. Um, uh, he, he does a bunch of like crazy weird comics. He's gangster rap comics. Oh, okay. He just does like, these like very bizarre kind of comics that are you know just like weird shit happens all the time in them. I think um, this isn't like this isn't the strongest book like plot wise. You know what I mean? Like it's not um, super super tightly plotted or something. But I'm I'm still enjoying it, and it's something super different, which mm. I always appreciate. I'll stick with it. It looks great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so these are our reviews of DC. We're going to move over to Marvel now. Much bigger week. Uh, huge week. Uh, enormous. I even read books that I don't normally read just because I thought they were the last one, but it turns <laughs> out not to. You'll find out what that's all about later. Um, and uh, I don't know. What, uh, what should we talk about first? I read so many. Oh I don't want to read all these books. What's going on? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to find one that I loved. Uh, I guess we could talk about the end of World of Wakanda. Um, yeah. Which isn't actually the end. All it is is the end of the... Um, the, the kind of run, the five-issue mini co-written by Roxanne Gay and Ta-Nehisi Coates um, that tells the story um, about the uh, Dora Milaje, uh, the two girls from the Dora Milaje that were introduced in the first issue of um, Ta-Nehisi Coates' Black Panther run, um, Ayo and Anaka. And uh, it's, a, it's been like the voice that Roxanne Gay brought to this series is so unique and so cool that I hope she keeps getting the chance to 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 bring this. What she does basically, she brought back um, thought bubbles, which is something mm, that has kind I of been poo pooed from modern comics, uh, you know, in the last twenty years or whatever. But it really worked because she they weren't about like you know. I'll just trick Magneto into <laughs> into walking into this metallic room, in this like you know metallic room, and then he'll be stuck in there because he's a magnet. Like, <laughs> that- I, don't think, I don't think Magneto's power is that he's a magnet. Uh, yeah, no, it definitely <laughs> is. It, it, like twenty years ago, comics were very different. <laughs> that would be great if that was all his power. Yeah, was. that would be so he much. Can just hold things so- under refrigerators. It'd be so much less intimidating. Um, but uh, yeah, the, what she's what she did with the, the thought bubbles is she used them only for to kind of show the romantic feelings and feelings of like mistrust and unsureness um, towards uh, you know the, the way you feel towards someone that you have feelings for, um, mm. and in in, in, in assistance Ayo and Anaka's feelings for each other and how how differently they they were in their head when in their hearts were the same. Mm. Does, that, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would love to see that this level of uh, kind of inside thought being given to a lot of, uh, you know, quite one-note shallow romances that we normally see in superhero comics. So yeah. I hope Roxanne Gay gets some more work uh, at Marvel or, or somewhere else. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think this was a quite a satisfying end to this story. It ties, it basically leads directly into Black Panther issue one. Mm-hmm. Um, and surprisingly, I thought this was going to be the end of this series um, with, with, with this issue ending, but it's, uh, it's continuing next month. Um, with a uh, a glimpse at someone else, um, you talk about this comic while I find out who it's about. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. I think that it was um, like we all we all sort of knew where this was going to end up, so there wasn't that much um, concern about them making it. And there were times where I, like they were sort of wrapping up quite a lot and having to contain quite a lot in this issue. So there were a couple of panels that I think were there was a lot of text and um, it was a bit bit of a slog to get through and it also just a lot happened in this issue but yeah super enjoyable i really love the like um sort of 
separate like how they've fleshed out the Wakanda um, universe and all those people and all these characters and I'm really looking forward to seeing um, what they do next like there's there's um there's the crew which is coming out soon. Which yes, is, I think they, there are going to be three Black Panther universe, Black, pa- Black Panther, Black Panther, <laughs> Black Panther universe uh, comics um, on on our, on our rack soon, which is crazy. I never thought that would ever happen. It's so good. Um, so the next issue of um, World of Wakanda number six is going to be um, a story about Casper um, Cole, who was the once and future Black Panther. Um, from Christopher Priest's Black Panther series. Oh, well, I, I haven't read that, so excellent. I'm heaps keen. Um, written by New York Magazine's Rembert Brown with art by Joe Bennett. Great. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, clearly there's plenty of stories to tell from this world, and uh, it, we're going to be here for every one of them. Can't wait. Uh, what do you want to talk about next? Mighty Thor? Oh, God, did I read Mighty Thor this You week? didn't read Mighty Thor? What is wrong with I, me? I'm quitting I this podcast right it. now if you did not read oh, Mighty no. Thor. Oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, you might have to quit. I mean, Hang on. Can I... Pause it to me. Let me see if I read it. Jason Aaron, oh, Russell Dorderman. What number is it? Issue oh, seventeen. The, the, I mean, this is the easiest oh, book no, to I review. It I was. It, it. it was the best. Still. Oh, damn it. Surprisingly, this story continued to be the best I by suck. two of the best creators, being the best, pe- drawing lots of good stuff, writing lots of great dialogue. Uh, Sometimes I just miss things on the shelf, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this continued the the battle between um, Asgard and the Shi'ar. Uh, and um, we've got some great um, Cull. Um, oh, awesome. Uh, Odin's brother. Really great moments of him and really great moments of uh, uh, Broomhilda. Oh, uh, Bro- God. Broomhilda. Okay. Like, yeah, it's the second we stop this, I'm going to go read it. Yeah, this is a great issue, everybody. I mean, I feel like I reckon this is one of those books that I can safely say 75% of our listeners and 50% of our hosts yeah. uh, read. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I feel like I'm shooting fish in a barrel when I say that. Like, I can't believe you know, I read Totally Awesome Hulk great. and I didn't read that. We're going to talk about that now? Yeah, I guess. Did uh, you read it? No, fuck no. Fuck Totally Awesome Hulk. <laughs> this is like um, Totally Awesome Hulk is currently in this sort of... Um, the best thing about this comic is the art by Mahmoud Azra, whose work I really, really love. Mahmoud by who, sorry? Mahmoud Azra. Yep. Um, were you mocking my pronunciation of his name? Oh, you just, there was like a long gap between two syllables. <laughs> um, yeah, like it's it's all the Asian heroes. And they've done, kind of done that classic thing of like, oh, we've all been like taken off planet onto like some guys who were going to eat us or something, um, which is a fairly like hilariously overused trope in superhero comics. Um, it's not the strongest story arc, but I keep reading it for some reason. There you go. Yeah. I don't know about this character. <laughs> yeah. I, it's sort of funny because Amadeus Cho has changed so much in the last couple of years. Like, he was always an arrogant super genius, but now he's got this kind of weird bro-y. That's what I don't like about like, him at all. Because he's so, so overconfident. Yeah, and it's like it, it hides a sort of soft, mushy interior where he's actually just this really anxious, nervous kid. But, um, yeah, it's sort of... It's, See also it's every superhero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... It's weird. All right. While we're complaining, Monsters Unleashed, number five by Colin <laughs> Bunn and uh, art by the, the bad Cubit. Which one? Adam. Adam Cubit. Um, <laughs> is this ending yet? Yeah, it's the done? last issue. It's oh, done. Yeah, cool. Or is it? Because it's actually just launched its own series. Um, so this ended up being like a real silly kind of kaiju battle uh, in which all of these monsters that this kid has drawn. And basically, this issue, after we're five issues into this event. Um, there's this kid who can draw monsters. He can summon monsters that already exist in the Marvel Universe, but he can also draw monsters that he's made up and then they get created into this universe too. Uh, he only reveals that part of the power in this issue, issue five. So when all of Marvel's pre-existing monsters have been defeated by these other monsters from space or whatever, yeah, they're like 
oh, can't you just draw these weird things you've drawn? He's like, no, they're not finished yet. I've And then he draws them, and they're these, like, already named goofy characters. Like, one of them is called Friger. One of them is called Fireclaw. Oh, sorry, no, it's Fireclaw, Regis, Hivo, Maca- Makara, Slizik, and Scrag. And they're all these big, awesome. goofy monsters. And then he, like, joins them all together like Voltron and, <laughs> and hops inside, like, its head and draws all of these things that can help his characters defeat the mo- the queen monster. Like, if I was six to nine, this would yeah. be the fucking best. And maybe Absolutely. I just need to have that that those goggles on when I read this. But, like, this was just so fucking dumb. Yeah. I mean, if this is what this book is going to be, I think aiming it at a younger audience is a really good move because this doesn't really have much substance in it but if you like the idea of being a kid who can draw a bunch of monsters that then come to life that then you can sit inside of and control while they like do Voltron shit that's that's pretty cool the only thing I really liked about this series was Elsa Bloodstone and I don't think she's carrying over into the Monsters Unleashed comic book so that's that what, is a shame that's what Cullen Bunn is doing now uh, Monsters Unleashed number one uh, launches uh, next month and features this kid who can draw things kid kaiju and all of these dumb new monsters that he's drawn and I guess it's going to be like a kaiju book, which could yep. be fun, I guess. I'll still read issue one of it because it'll be, at least it'll be lower stakes. It won't be like, you know, the entire world is going to be taken over by monsters. The cover is by Art Adams, which makes me, of Monsters Unleashed 1, which makes me... um Want to look at the cover at yeah, the very just, least. <laughs> it makes me want it more than I probably will actually want it. This book is also guilty of something that we complain about a lot, and it is a uh, complete un- not misunderstanding of the character of Moon Girl. <laughs> yeah. She's not this like peppy, like, go team! You can yeah. do it kind of uh, character, but that's exactly what she is in this book. Yeah. It's Whatever, not, it's not, yeah, it's fine. It's over. Yay. <laughs> it's done. And there will never be another, another lackluster Marvel event ever again. Uh, the Uncanny Avengers, issue 21, uh, one of the uh, secret underrated gems that Marvel are currently mm. putting out right now. Certainly their best team book. Uh, written by Jerry Duggan with art by um, Kevin Labranda. Colors by Dono Sanchez Almara and Proto Bunker. Mm. Great. Is that a company or a man? I don't know. I hope both. But this, uh, you know, it kind of ties into Secret Empire, which is the uh, next lackluster Marvel event. Uh, but uh, basically, like, the Red Skull has, like, taken all of uh, the Uncanny Avengers, all the X-Men and the Uncanny Avengers hostage, and it's up to um, Deadpool to, to get basically, like, you know, save the day. Um, and uh, there's just some incredible moments in this book. It was like a celebration of Marvel history, you know? Yeah, and, absolutely, and some really, like, fun moments, like... um. The Red Skull is using like I mean it's pretty it's pretty ludicrous when you get down to it. So Red Skull has Charles Xavier's brain inside his head, so he can do cool mind control stuff, and so he has control over Rogue. And then Deadpool manages to get Magneto's helmet onto Rogue, and Rogue gets to go full ape shit on full um, ape shit on on Red Skull, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, this is a a very very fun book. Um, it looks like. Uh, it looks like Beast is going to be a part of the team um, for these last few issues. Oh, it's one issue left of this. Oh. Damn it. What's Jerry yeah. Duggan doing next? I think he's doing like a Rocket Raccoon book or something, right? I don't know. I wanna, I, I, he actually writes a team book really well. Yeah. And like this is definitely the best Avengers book on the shelves at the moment. I would Easily. Say. Easily. Um, so I'm sad to see it go. Shame. Oh, actually, I want to maybe you might be wrong because the next book we review we also love. Oh, yeah, but it's also on its way out too. Great Lakes Avengers um, by Zach Gorman, Will Robson, and Tamara Bonvian. Um, this uh, is a comedy book by Marvel mm-hmm. featuring who's in this group again? 
Uh, Big Bertha, Doorman, um, Flat, Flatman, man. the guy who, what's his name? The guy who kind, kind dies boy, all good the boy. time or something. Good boy, um, who's like a furry chick <laughs> character. <laughs> Mr. Immortal. Mr. Immortal. Um, one thing i got to say about this, it definitely has had the best run of covers that a Marvel series has had in a long time. Yeah, heaps fun. Really great fun, covers. really funny. Um, just beautiful covers as well. And great art, great colours by Tamara Bonfian as well. Um this, uh, I mean, I don't really want to spoil too much of the plot of this. It's insane. Yeah. Um, and uh, Big Bertha is one of my favorite new Marvel characters that I've not read of anything of before this series. Yeah, so fun. Such a silly story about, um, you know, Big Bertha's a model and she's sort of convinced to do um, an ad for weight loss pills because she can change her mass. So she's, you know, they want her to do a before and after picture, which she feels really like conflicted about and doesn't want to do. And then it turns out that the guys who are um, hawking the pills are baddies and they take all the pills to fight and it's just this fight. Of these <laughs> they all have big birth huge, of powers. Yeah, it's great. It's really funny. Um, there's also yeah, a great great uh, kind of uh, side plot about Doorman who can, it basically is like doing the work of uh, the Grim Reaper mm. and uh, assisting dead people to the afterlife. Um, just like this dumb ghost who isn't ready to die, just kind of tags along on this adventure. Yeah. Lots of laughs. Um, I think in particular, I like, I really enjoy this book, but in particular, Will Robson's art, Will Robson's art is, is spectacular. Absolutely. And I hope he gets given like a proper, you know, Avengers book or something out of this. Yeah, just I think keep doing comedy it, pa- books. Pairing him with Jer- Jerry Duggan, who can do like a great mm. mix of um, action and drama, would be perfect, I think. And it looks like um, it looks like Deadpool's showing up in the next issue. I'm fine <laughs> with the that. Cover. Yeah, I'm actually fine with it. Like normally, Deadpool showing up in something is like a massive eye roll, roll for me, but it, it works in this book. I think you know the, um, uh, what's his name? Zach Gorman has as a good a handle as comedy comedy in the Marvel universe as Jerry Duggan yeah. has, and Jerry Duggan writes a good Deadpool who I'm Absolutely. never upset when he shows up in in his book. So, mm. yeah, um, especially when he writes a Deadpool book, which is all the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> it makes sense then. Uh, cool. What else are we going to talk about? Captain America this week, issue 20 by um, Nick Spencer, Paul Rennell. Uh I love the art. Yeah, great St- art. story was just fucking grim and bleak and uh, this is it's what... It's very talky. Yeah, well, of course it is, Nick Spencer. Yeah. But um, features the, I guess, the, you know, like when a, when a character gets fucking beaten up in prison and yeah. uh, is on life support at the end of the issue it's just like okay we get it Nick Spencer yeah <laughs> like, yeah Nick Spencer is not um, subtle yeah he's not <laughs> he's not subtle with his politics or what he's trying to say in his book which like I mean you know that could be a good thing or a bad thing depending how you take it I, I'm okay with the not subtly politics wise generally he's you know I, 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 I <laughs> he's agree with him he's not subtle <laughs> uh, but yeah I think uh, the subtlety in, in story is, is kind of it's very lacking at the moment and he, he is able to write nuanced kind of character driven stuff Stuff mm. in his, in his uh, uh, independent stuff in you know the fix and morning glories, but I, I just uh, this has kind of become a by the numbers book for me. Yeah, with with, a little with, bit. with excellent art. Yeah, the art's really good. <laughs> it's worth reading for the art. Yeah, definitely. Um, still, the, we, we get an issue of Captain America, Sam or Steve every week until seri- uh, until Secret Empire, Serious Empire oh, <laughs> happens. Uh, anyway, Star-Lord, issue four by Chip Zdarsky and Chris Anker, colors by Matt Wilson, um, continues this great run of uh, just Chip Zdarsky doing an amazing uh, version of Star-Lord that's, you know, mm. funny and sexy and kind of hopeless, but also 
kind of cool and his swaggery. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I also like. I also like in this. Sorry. Um. Because in this, Star Lord is doing sort of community service by hanging out with an old dude who turns out to have been a like cat burglar. It's like a slightly sort of superpowered cat burglar in a previous life. And I really like that, you know. Um Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Um, he brings in this, like, daredevil's there, like, he broke the law, we need to take him down. And so I was like, he's an old man. This was years ago. It doesn't matter. He gave the money back. Chill out, daredevil. And daredevil's like, but the law. Yo, I love that. Like, I think it's just canon because I'll review daredevil next. Daredevil's just a dick now. Yeah, yeah. Daredevil is so consistently a dick. Like, that Mark Wade run was such a beautiful high point of like, oh, maybe he's not the worst guy ever. And then everything else is just like, Daredevil sucks. It's so weird. Because like, like, that was an absolute <laughs> high point of the character. And now I don't understand why they were like, hey, you know what? I know a lot of people love that and we won heaps of awards. Let's make Daredevil a dick again. Yeah, yeah. Look, the the Netflix TV series has a lot to answer for. Yeah, that's true. Oh, no. I mean, Iron Fist is going to be shallow and shit now. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, let's talk about Daredevil issue number 18. I didn't read it. Charles Sewell and Ron Garney. Um, this is uh, basically filling in the gaps um, before this um, iteration of Marvel, the post-Secret Wars thing where he moved from San Francisco um, to New York and became a dick again. Um, so this kind of, yeah, takes takes us back to um, the end of that Mark Wade run and uh, we, we are kind of reunited with uh, the character, was it Karen McDuffie? Um, who he was seeing at the time. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, we see the, the the purple man's children. Oh, right. So that's, it looks like they're going to tie into um, how he was able to convince everyone that he's not Daredevil anymore and move back to New York and become a dick. Ugh, such a boring... Um, it's actually, the issue wasn't that bad. I just don't understand why... Like, what, when, when to, to revisit the world that Mark Wade created for Daredevil, I'm like, oh, I want that. Yeah, yeah. Can we just go back to that, please? I know, and I get why you want to keep characters moving, but you know this this iteration of Daredevil now, not just in Daredevil, but across all books, he just feels like ten steps back. Yeah, exactly. Like I think there's a difference between like getting a character to keep moving, keep developing, and then just like regressing him for no good reason. And I mean, like regressing 
beyond like um, the Marvel Knight stuff. This yeah, feels absolutely. like like you know like I know Bendis's was was Bendis's run. It was such a you know um, sad affair, but um, Daredevil never came across as like a dick. You know? Yeah, just bad shit happened to him all the time. He had bad luck. Mm. But this feels like yeah, like reverting back to like the real like righteous Frank Miller stuff. Yeah. Oh, but like less well written. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, anyway, this 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 run itself isn't isn't too bad. Charles Soule's doing an okay job. I just don't understand the editorial decision to make make Daredevil a dick again. <laughs> Hashtag. Um, what do you want to, you want to talk about? Something you did read or something you didn't read? <laughs> um, you you have so many that I, I have read. like four. What have you got left? Uh, I've just got Punisher and Spider Man. Okay, just get quickly. You oh, so you've got US Avengers. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so this is uh, the Paco Medina and Al Ewing um, run of uh, uh, Roberto da Costa, a.k.a. What's his name again? Oh, God. Cannonball? No. No, not. In, in this is called Citizen 5, but everyone knows him. Was it Sunspot? Is it Sunspot? Yeah, Sunspot and Sunspot. what's the other guy? Cannonball. Sam Guthrie is Cannonball. Is it Cannonball? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, here's his name. Um, but uh, this is like a, a follow-on from the new Avengers run that Al Ewing and Paco Medina did that was really great. Um, I wasn't super into this, but this is like similar to um, how we really loved um, what was the uh, Doctor Strange comic last week that was like a choose your own adventure. Oh, yeah. This one started and restarted new, like basically whenever it hit like a plot note, it would jump to like a, a new cover. And it would uh, so it's it's basically it's about red th- this new Red Hulk who can who can only become the Hulk for like an hour at a time. He's like uh, a way angrier version of Our Man. Um, of what man? Our Man. Oh right, like the JSA, yeah, yeah, sure, JSA yeah. hero. Um, so basically, it's, it's a he, he he basically is like um, breaking into a um, a castle that has not been seen since like Dead one of the first issues of Daredevil. No, okay. sorry, uh, yeah, and. Um, it's really fun, but every every few um, every few pages it, it changes to like a new cover. Oh, that's fun! So like it's yeah, Marvel Comics presents Monsters and Shield, and mm. then there's like it's like Daredevils in this as well. And uh, Al Ewing writes a good Daredevil. Does so. that have any like narrative significance, or is it just kind of like a fun device? It's just a fun device. Okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Hmm. Um, Red Hulk and uh, and Deadpool team up, um, and at the end it looks like. Uh, Steve Rogers is stepping in to take over U.S. Avengers. Oh, my God. But he's evil, guys. No, oh, don't, have, don't they read careful. comics? Um, I also read Ms. Marvel 16, uh, just to check in on this, um, by J. Willow Wilson and Takeshi Miyazawa. Um, and this is uh, a pretty, I don't know, I'm really quite bored by this story um, of uh, Ms. Marvel. Basically, her, her biggest threat now is someone that she plays World of Warcraft with, oh, okay. who has dis- un- un- discovered her true identity. <laughs> And is uh, using the threat of that to ruin her friends' lives. Right. So she's, he, she, he's like threatened to tell everyone at school that um, two of his, like one of his friends is in love with another one of her, one of her friends is in love with another one of her friends. That doesn't really seem like a huge threat. Yeah. Just kind of be like, all right, bro. Yeah. Like on, on one on one hand, it's like cool to see lower stakes stuff in a, in a superhero book, but I thought this this maybe that's just silly stakes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and finally, I checked in with Hellcat issue sixteen by Kate Leth and Brittany Williams. Um, because I thought it was going to be the final issue of this run. Oh, was it, it was not? the penultimate. Oh, okay. So I've got one more to go. Um, it's still a very cute, um, like, you know, obviously Brittany Williams' art is incredible. Yeah. The cast is, is really fun. You know, you've got Jubilee, you've got America Chavez, you've got Hellcat herself, you've got um, She-Hulk. But, um, uh, yeah, it's the, the, the cutesiness, the, the weird relationship drama of it uh, feels very, like, 
it's unsubtle. It's kind of very surface value kind of relationship stuff. But uh, the character exploration of Hellcat in this issue is pretty great. And it kind of brings back that um, time she went to hell. Huh. Um, so it was fun. I'm, I'm definitely going to read the final issue of this because I have mostly enjoyed this run. And <laughs> of all the Kate left things that I've read, I've probably enjoyed this the most. Right, okay. Um, and now it's, we've right. caught it up. I've read, you, you can choose either Spider-Man or Punisher to end our Marvel reviews on. Let's talk about Punisher. Punisher, issue number 10 by Becky Clunan. <laughs> Clunan. <laughs> Clunan. Uh, and Matt Horak filling in for the late, great... Um, Steve Dillon. Steve Dillon. And doing a great job. I really love the art on this book. Yeah, he manages to draw... Like, this is a gory comic. Um, there is, like, a parental advisory warning on the front, which I think is totally, totally valid. You know, characters are... There's this bizarre drug going around and it looks like, you know, this sort of bad guy, the face, who's taken way too much of this drug. His face is kind of like, like weirdly retreating into itself and he's bloody and his teeth are bleeding and it's disgusting and yeah. it's so good. It's very, very fun comic. It's super action heavy. Um, all these characters that um, were introduced earlier are kind of all like going off against each other now. Um, so we have uh, um, the Punisher... Um, or, or, or like you know, make, doing his own thing, and then an agent, FBI agent or T is doing her own thing too, and they'll mm-hmm. meet up at some point. Um, the action in this is spectacular. Yep. Um, every character double crosses everybody. Yeah, um, the double cross like where Punisher gets caught, I think was like really cleverly done, like really definitely. well done, and um, genuinely like surprising. Yeah. A bit of a shock, I think. Sure. Like Becky Cloonan is such a natural for this book. I hope that she gets to do a really good long Punisher run because I think she's. You know, so well suited to it. Um, the covers on these uh, issues by um, by um, what's his name, Declan Shalvey and Jordan oh, Belair. Oh, beautiful. Um, the next issue, they've, been, they've all been great, but the next issue uh, is very good for long-time listeners of serious issues. You know, we love sharks. It's a shark. The next uh, the next issue is called Battle of the Barge, and there's a whole bunch of sharks and a whole bunch of bodies in the water. Yeah, looks Real great. Real good stuff. You know what else is exciting? In all of these Marvel issues, there is um, there is an ad. For Nick Fury issue one, um, which is being written by James Robinson with art by someone called Aco ACO. He's he's done a lot of a lot of stuff in Marvel over the last few years. Okay, right. I'm not familiar since with since like the AVX stuff. Yeah. Um, but this is just like like a pink, like bright pink Nick Fury. This is the new school sort of Samuel Nick, Jackson Nick, Nick style Fury, Nick Fury. Nick yep. Fury Junior. Um, and his his suit is covered in like sort of classic Nick Fury shield um, covers. Which looks really awesome. It just says like father, like son, and I am geeked for this. Well, I think like a lot of people have a problem with him being the Nick Fury of this universe now because Nick Fury Senior is on the moon, yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, but I think you know a lot of the problems stem from that they've just kind of they haven't really. We haven't seen to, that much of him. Exactly, I haven't seen that much of him. I haven't really attempted to tell many stories featuring him. Speaking of uh, Declan Shalvey and Jordan yeah. Blair, they did a fantastic. Uh, tie into Civil War 2 which is just an ongoing little story about Nick Fury Jr um, and hopefully James Robertson kind of takes a few cues from that I'm looking forward to seeing this character fleshed out yeah if it's just some cool espionage comics I am here for that when's this one coming out next month I April April 2017 so very soon cool last Marvel comic um, I, I, I got here today and I was like man I finally did it I read all my comics <laughs> the first time in like well over a month I read all the comics that came out in one week all I've got to do as soon as I get there is just pick up Amazing Spider-Man 25 because I forgot to pick it up. Just flick through it. It's an just easy read. It. How many pages is this motherfucker? This is a beast. This is like a ten, $10.95 comic. This is a huge, um, huge comic. I don't know if it's like a special anniversary issue or something like that, but it's, um, you know, the 
the beginning of the Osborne identity, which is the next big story arc for, for poor old Peter Parker. Um, and this features uh, pencils by Stuart Eminen. Yay! I love oh, Stuart Eminen. He's, he's such a natural choice for this as well. He draws a sick kingpin. Um, yeah, amazing. So I didn't actually get, get a chance to read the main story of this. I'll read that on the, on the train home today. Um, the main story is like we, we see sort of what Norman Osborne has been up to. He's been, um, he's stolen, he was he had stolen the face of a sort of scary goblin-esque gangster who um, they think that that is Osborne. And so Bobby Morse, a.k.a. Um, Mockingbird, and um, Spider-Man track him down and take him down and then realize that he is who he actually says he is and he's not Norman Osborne. Um, and so then we sort of see see what, what Osborne has been up to and it was... Pretty good. I didn't actually finish reading the main story. I just noticed. <laughs> Shin bone. <laughs> oh my god! What was wrong with me this week? I'm so sorry. Um, I obviously skipped through that and skipped straight to the backup material. Yeah, because we got which we got, was we got, excellent. We got backup material from like Christos Gage, who always weighs in on Super uh, Spider-Man events. Uh, we've also got a, um, a return to the Sum Sum Marvel Universe, which everyone's uh, favorite. And by mm-hmm. everyone, I mean Lynn and Levens. Yep, I love the Sum. Uh, the Sim, the Sum miniseries for last year was one of my favorite all ages comics. It was surprisingly great, um, and uh, so this is a pretty cute little revisit to that. And also, we get the news that Sum Sum Volume Two is coming soon. Oh, thank goodness! So that'll be fun. Um, my favorite was we. Um, there's a there's a writer called Hammond Blumenreck, who's a writer and penciler, and she released um, online these incredible series. Um, of Spidey zines, which were just really sweet, really like small scale, funny stories about Peter Parker with a lot of heart. Um, And brilliantly Marvel decided to get onto her and she wrote a really cute little story about teen Peter Parker um, finding a dog and May won't let him keep it and he really wants a dog and that's what it's all about and it's adorable and I loved it. And the coolest thing about it is that that Hannah Blumenreich has gone from you know, putting out her own scene online about about Spider Man, and is now in the actual Spider Man with colors by Jordi Belair. On yeah, that's so sick, and I would love it if um, she managed to get more work with Marvel because that's the sort of thing that they should be doing. That's the kind of thing they should be paying attention to. There's cool. also there's also a super goofy, um, amazing Spider Aunt, an yeah. Aunt May comic by Kale Atkinson, and then the, what does the story end with? It looks like um, it ends with us seeing what's going on. What's going on with Little old Otto Octavius. He's got a new. He's got a new sexy bod, um, and he breaks into one of his old hideouts to find that it has been um, taken over by Hydra. Crazy. Um, and now he's the superior octopus. So he's like teaming up with Hydra. He has a new sexy costume with a big Hydra um, octopus on it. I think that's silly, but whatever. <laughs> Great stuff. Great stuff. You did it again, Dan Slot. How do you keep doing it? 400 years you've been writing Spider-Man, but you're still coming up with crazy ideas. <laughs> Those are our Marvel and DC reviews for the week. We're going to move on now to Image. I had a massive week of it amazing Image, image week. This was the kind of week that made me go like, oh, I just love I just love comic books so much, guys. Um, so I don't know what, like, how we even pick. I reckon what we should do is talk about Headlopper uh-huh. and we should talk about Island first. Yeah, absolutely. Good so call. Headlopper was... I reckon, like, if we if we were hard pressed to pick our favorite release of last year, Headlopper would be really up there. The Vision, then Headlopper mm-hmm. yeah. for me. I think Headlopper um, is by Andrew McLean. Um, oh well, and colors in this one by Jordi Belair. Yeah, beautiful. Did she do colors last time? I don't remember. I don't think she did. I think Andrew Andrew McLean did them. That's awesome. Man, Belair was busy this week. Yeah, she always <laughs> is. Um, 
So this is a quarterly adventure comic um, about a Viking whose name is Headlopper, mm-hmm. and he has lopped the head of a witch, and um, that witch can never die. So he's basically just carries around a sack full of his belongings, and also in the other hand, he carries this witch's head. And Agnes. Then Agnes is the witch, and then he also has a ginormous blade that he lops heads with. Um, the first four issues that came out last year were so great. Mm. Um, like, you know, on one hand, it's funny. On another hand, it's like pop arty and, and, and violent. On the other hand, it is like this great mysticism kind of cool story behind it all and like classic tales of, you know, corrupt kings mm. and, and wizards and that kind of thing. Um, and then just like chaotic action scenes as well. Um, and this this first um, issue of... Uh, Headlopper and the Crimson Tower is what this arc is going to be called. This year's uh, Headlopper story was um, a lot definitely leaning in on like the cool action side of, of this comic. Mm-hmm. Um, we see Headlopper and uh, a team of, uh, of new friends work their way up um, the Crimson Tower, which is mm-hmm. like a, almost like an Indiana Jones-esque kind of like booby trap laden tower um, that only opens... Once a, once a blue moon or some shit. This is such a beautiful comic, and this was such a fun first issue for this arc. I really like that it just dropped us in the in the beginning of a story without really like. There's not a lot of um, you know, they don't go into heaps of detail about like where we are and what's happening and who these people are. You just kind of pick it up as you go along, which I think is really good fun. It introduces a whole bunch of new characters really, really efficiently. The cartooning is so like out of this world spectacular. Yep. Um, I love everything about this comic. It's so fun, and it's like it's such a it's such a beautiful comic to have. It's like a it's a big fat issue. It's worth the extra couple of dollars because it does only come out quarterly. There's no ads. Everything is coloured. Un- like yeah, just a beautiful. It's a perfect comic. Product. It's it a perfect really comic. Is. It's great value. And if you are um, like me, addicted to um, Zelda Breath of the Wild at the moment, it's a great companion to that. You got swords and wizards and and magic shit and getting stuck in shrines. So great. And some incredible, um, like, pin-ups at the end by various art. Um, artists doing doing their very best headlopper. One of the things that I really love is sometimes from certain angles, headlopper's entire head is his beard and yes. hair, and he just has like these sort of lines for eyes, and it's just it's yeah, so great. Um, uh, I, so great. I I'm absolutely the king of uh, just you know really really over exaggerating when I love something, but I have to say <laughs> that when I think of like what I what my ideal art. Not for every book, but in my head of like this perfect art that's like cross Mike Alred, cross like, you know, mm. like um, uh, who does um, Black Widow with Mark Wade at the moment? Chris Samney. Chris Samney. Like Andrew McLean is somewhere in between those two and it's perfect to me. Yeah, it is. It's, it's so beautiful. Yep. Yep. So um, look, we, we, we do this once a week. We say, you got to buy this book. You got to buy this book. Headlopper absolutely is 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 the that issue. Even yeah. if you didn't read the first four, you definitely should. They're very handily cre- um, collected in one great trade, mm-hmm. um, which has some incredible backup material. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Go on and pick up Headlopper. Please it's do the guys. best. It's the friggin' best. Can't wait to uh, review issue two of this three months from now. Yeah, but it's like it's so great because it never feels like I'm never like no Headlopper is so delayed. It's just an absolute treat every time it comes out. Yeah, comics don't get better than this. Yeah. Um, we got another another comic comic another comic coming up soon that uh, features a big sword. But first, let's talk about Island, 
Uh, Proper farewell to one of Siobhan's favourite things. What is Island, Siobhan? Island is the anthology comic put together by Brandon Graham and Emma Rios, which has highlighted some really unique individual voices um, from comics around the world. They've done an amazing job at, you know, giving, um, just like making a space for this kind of stuff, not putting too much editorial influence over it, just really giving um, creators that they like and respect. Jim's making fun of me, but, you know, giving people that they respect um, a space to just do what they want and to tell stories that they think are important. And um, this issue was like a beautiful farewell, I think. That, so that, good. Like, like uh, Island has introduced me to so many creators that I'm just, I, I feel so like blessed to have in my life now. Like we had um, another era, uh, like Emma Rios's own comic mirror came back this week after a long hiatus. And I'm really geeked to talk about that in a second, but like Dillridge man who I've never heard of before, who does the cover and um, a story in this and like, uh, like so brilliant. The cover comes across like it's um, like, it's sort of a, a profile of someone, like it could be a magazine. And then the, the little short sort of black and white comic that he does inside is all about this kind of pop star and her life. And it's it's not a it's not a fully conventional narrative. It kind of just jumps back and forth in her life and tells a couple of little stories. And I think it's so beautiful, so yeah, beautifully this, done. This like, you know, the, 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 this black pop star who mm. has to only show a certain version of herself to a mostly white press. And yeah. You know, her inner what what she really wants to say versus what she can say, and yeah, I loved it. I loved that that story was an absolute standout. And the first story at the beginning, which is um all uh completely wordless, just an incredibly beautiful sort of high fantasy, like a, a perfect example of brilliant storytelling um, without words where, you know, you can tell things so efficiently. Like there's this incredible page where it's um some holy men walking down a street preaching about um you know death and destruction and the way they do that is the panel is like they have a, a, a speech bubble coming out of them as they're singing and that it sort of meshes in the world that they see coming with what's actually happening i don't i've, I've done a really poor job no, explaining no, what that is yeah. but it's it's so beautiful and so well done absolutely incredible yeah and um we also get a uh, part five of feral dalrymple's um, pop gun war chain letter one of the most confusing comics of all time i have no like the such a like I really enjoy it every time but I have no idea what's going on in it it's brilliant yeah um, excellent like you know this whole a lot of this comic was about making you kind of really question what a comic should be or shouldn't yeah. be and comic storytelling really playing with that um, the final uh, story within this issue of Island is by Brandon Graham himself mm-hmm. and it's the beginning of uh, his next edition of Multiple Warheads which is a uh, an, an ongoing series that he's been doing he's on a few issues of before yeah, the um, only the only positive spin from Island finishing, um, and I'm glad that they just like got to do that. I'm glad they got 15 incredible issues, you know, out and did what they wanted with it and um, made an incredible product. But I'm I'm really geeked that Brandon Graham now gets to go and work more on his own stuff because it'd be really be really amazing to see more of his comics soon. Yeah, and um, he's also worked, you know, with, from from Island. We've gotten um, Emma Rios's ID, uh, Matt which Sheehan, is brilliant, and Malachi Ward's Ancestor. These are all trades that you can get, and like those are some of my favorite books that Image put out last year, and they are so worth checking out. Like ID was beautiful; it's this incredible high concept story about plastic surgery. Ancestor is about sort of starts off as a critique of um, you know social media and the tech industry, and turns into something 
bizarre about gods and it's yeah so brilliant um we also got habitat by simon roy releases a trade and mm-hmm. um an upcoming collection of uh, the pornographic work of onta which uh featured in ireland pretty prominently uh, is coming out soon too that brian graham, brian graham is involved with um himself is doing yeah multiple warheads coming out very soon the second collection of that and uh he has an art book called royal boiler can't wait his, for that uh, his art name. books are beautiful so uh yeah um look forward to lots for coming from brandon graham soon it's a shame that we have to say goodbye island to Ireland, <laughs> but um, not a shame that I got to make puns that fire. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, this, I, I biggest regret since started this podcast. For some reason, I didn't keep all of these issues of Ireland. Same, same. I have not got a full run of the series, which is ridiculous. So I'm going to have to try and track them down. I have a couple. I have like oh, yeah, I definitely have like one, one to three. One. Yeah, I've got yeah, a couple of good ones in between. But um, so worthwhile, guys. It's such a such a perfect comic if you have a, a full collection of island issues and want to gloat uh, you can <laughs> gloat to us online um, you can find us individually at Siobhan CBG mm-hmm. um, and at Levdog L-E-V-D-A-W-G on uh, Twitter Instagram and Facebook or you can find us Serious Issues um, on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Serious yeah slash Serious Issues Podcast or facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast if you want to interact with us in our little group um, speaking of island Siobhan uh, you are uh, you, I mentioned also, the other uh, book by um, Emma Rios. Is yeah, that gonna... that's right. So Good this segue is um, <laughs> so um, Mirror was one of my favorite books um, from Image last year as well. It was a kind of uh, like religious toned fantasy sci fi book um, with art by Singaporean artist Hui Lim. Um, this I I sort of thought because the end of um, the end of the last story arc was fairly you know, open and we could have gone continued with those characters. And I'm assuming that we'll see what's going on with them a little while in a little while. But, um, this book follows, um, where we sort of are on another planet and it's all about, um, a famous sculptor, like on this planet, sculpting is like the most sort of the highest art form. And, um, it's about a, you know, grouchy old female sculptor who's like the best in the land who takes on an apprentice, which she normally wouldn't do. And it goes, um, you know, ends in a really, it's, it's such a hard comic to explain, but it's so beautiful. It's uh, such the a colors in it. So the blues and yellows are the colors. I, I'm, I don't know why don't why don't I read this? I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. You really should. Is there a like, trade of the first? Yeah, four? the yeah. first the first arc is available in trade, and it's something I like smashed and really really enjoyed. Um, and this next story arc Fuck is going yeah, to a just really smashing up those comics. <laughs> um, it's going to a really bizarre place, but it's really beautiful. It's full of heart, um, as well as being this kind of really incredible high concept fantasy. So super worth checking out. I really love that book. Um, the next three issues that we talk about right now, all from Image, all tie into each other. And holy shit, I read so many more um, yeah, Image books than you this week. Um, so uh, Kill or Be Killed, issue seven by Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, and Elizabeth Breitweiser, uh, basically fills in uh, uh, a character that we'd seen uh, quite a lot, of, a lot of in the first three to four issues mm-hmm. and uh, makes makes out that maybe she might be the, protagon- the, um, the protagonist of yeah, this look, story now. I mean, who knows? This book is so good. So great. Like really, really brilliant. Um, I think that they're like that. That trio are doing some of the best work of their career, and it's so great. Like this character who seemed like a bit of a throwaway, and like you know, just a sort of love interest yeah, sort of character. Kira, who was the the the, the, room, the roommate's girlfriend, who had who was on and again, on again, off again with our with the main character of Killer Be Killed. Um, and just having her like fleshed out as a character and have their relationship fleshed out, but also just learning about Kira and you know, at the core of this, it's about sort of 
complicated mother-daughter relationships, which is um, really brilliant, really genius. And there's a really some really cringy, horrible, heartbreaking moments in this. And they really don't shy away from that. It's a fairly brutal comic. Despite yeah. the fact this is like easily the least bloody and gory of them all, um, it's a it's well, a fairly heart wrenching issue. None of the other issues featured uh, a character stuck in the closet while uh, two other characters had sex in the same room. Yeah, rough, doesn't rough get, situation get to be in. That. <laughs> um, but I love the the realization at the end of this issue mm. um, that I won't spoil. But uh, it almost potentially changes everything that we what we know and know about the main character. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is the best series. So good. Yeah, really good. And as always, the back matter is excellent. And there's yeah. really great essays on sort of film and stuff. Um, and it. there was actually a great um, letter section this week as well in which someone asks if uh, Rebecca will ever collect mm. all of the back matter from all of his various uh, issues of criminal and, uh, kill, and uh, kill or be killed. And um, Short answer is no. <laughs> yeah, short answer is no because he, he only paid for it to be print, published one off. But uh, I don't know. I have hope. I reckon it might. That'd be an incredible collection. Yeah, that'd be a great essay. Um, so I said that all, the next few all tie into each other. Um, Sex Criminals issue seventeen um, by uh, Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky. So nice that we're getting like this regularly now. I know. It's so it's just, fun. Well, we've only got what three so far? Two or three? Maybe two. Two. <laughs> the yeah. second issue in, in 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 two months. So all right, hopefully it'll come out um, very quickly. Uh, so this is a. Um, uh, an issue that follows the the sex cops, the uh, antagonists of, of of this series, but uh, it's become an issue of criminal. Uh, so <laughs> Chip Zdarsky has drawn this entire issue in the style of Sean Phillips, who uh, who does uh, the artwork on Criminal and Kill and Kill or Be Killed, mm. and the uh, the front the inside cover of this is straight up like a pinup from Criminal. <laughs> yeah, where they've just taped um, Kegel Face's face over um, the pinup from Criminal, and it just says "Sex Criminals." It's like this is, you know, I'm excited that Sex Criminals is being picked up for a TV series, but this is one of those comics that really is perfect in the form that it was created because it's a commentary on comics at the same time, and there's yep. so much, like, there's so many funny little bits and pieces that will just, like, obviously have to be missed um, in a TV series, but I love it. I, I, <laughs> I actually can't see how this could work as a, as a TV series. It's going to be hard to adapt, guys, but I feel like because their sort of own production company are involved in it, I have I have. Faith that they could do a good job but like there's so many ugh, there's so many bits about this that i love like the recap page which is the least useful recap page of all time like it says previously in sex criminals john and Susie were both bitten by radioactive fuck bats and you know what they liked it like and it just it's so funny it's so funny guys so great I love it. Like. <laughs> These are their stories. Donk, donk. <laughs> and as always, it's got one of the funniest um like letter sections like by turn funny and heartbreaking um letter sections and they're the sex tips at the top of the page are always my favorite bit always amazing and um, I, I love where this story is going now mm. that now these like weird <laughs> big penis clay <laughs> clay figures that have now kind of kind of become on- ongoing characters so great so weird so guys. great and, and like the, the whole celebration of, of Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips almost like this weird parody of the way Ed Brubaker writes comics is, yeah it was so it was such a letter of love and something that just is just absolutely a celebration of everything we love about Image so absolutely I'm all for things like this happening and it completely, but, completely took me by surprise but apparently they didn't even tell Brubaker and Phillips they were doing <laughs> it and that's what I love the most about this whole that's story so cheeky they're such cheeky boys uh, so continuing this little uh, arc that we're on uh, Matt Fraction also put out another book uh, Casanova 
Asadia number eight this week. I've never read any of the Casanova what comics. What the fuck? <laughs> it is the most... You- I know, I say, You've I never read any manga, bro. <laughs> Chill out. I've, made, like, I've read three <laughs> manga. <laughs> uh, you would love this a lot. I Casanova. know, I should. Um, and I feel like it's dubious as to whether I would love manga. <laughs> You've never read a manga and gone, Levens would love this manga. Have you? Sure I have. Yeah, I have. You would love Pluto. That's why I lent it to you for like three years. I read, I read some of it. No, <laughs> um, so normally, uh, this is Matt Fraction um, with uh, Fabio Moon. Um, and then the backup is by Michael Chavon with Gabrielle Barr. But uh, Gabrielle Barr does the art in both stories this week, this month. Um, and uh, look, I think Casanova is just one of the most gloriously, you know, and joyously and happily hard to follow mm. books ever. Um, it's, you know, this crazy, at times wild space opera but this whole arc is being kind of ground more grounded and tying into like the mythology of who this Casanova character is now and what he's always been and this is like a uh, a great story featuring one of the characters from this run uh, fleshed out in, in, in more detail. It was a really, really great issue. Um, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Barr are two brothers and mm-hmm. they both have like slightly similar but very different when you compare them immediately next to each other art styles and so it was really cool to see um, Gabriel Barr do his uh, artwork uh, in this main main Casanova book. Um, th- there are amazing pinups in this issue. Um, so we have a, an incredible one by Eduardo Riso of yeah, Casanova that looks amazing. and a girl with a sniper rifle. Um, we've also got Christian Ward, Jason Latour from Southern Bastards does one. Beautiful. Um, Chip Zdarsky. Um, so another little tie-in to, uh, uh, to sex criminals. Chip Zdarsky does um, a really cool one. Where is that? Pretty amazing. Oh, awesome. Uh, uh, Chip uh, doing yeah. like heaps of painted covers at the moment and they're really beautiful and amazing. Yeah. He's such a talented And dude. even Gerard Way, who is better known as a writer, huh. drew one of the characters from Casanova amazing. as well. Cool pin-up issue. I was hoping that one of those artists that I just said was one of, like, I worked on one of the books that I'm going to review <laughs> next, but uh, it, it didn't. Damn it. God Country number three by Donny Cates and is it Jeff Shaw? Yes, Jeff Shaw. Um the continuation of uh, the story of an old man who's who has dementia and a, sto- a sword that cures him and also allows him to, to slay deno- demonic beasts. But uh, now all of the beasts are coming to attack his family. Yeah, this didn't. I didn't love this issue. I'm sort of like drifting from this book a little bit. I think. really, yeah. What's what, what's making know. you drift? I don't know. It just didn't. It just didn't grab me. This issue for some reason. It just didn't like. I didn't love it. A little girl got kidnapped. Yeah. Someone? I hated that little girl. No, no, no. Oh, really? I, care. <laughs> I didn't really care that she got kidnapped. That's bad, you know? Yeah. I guess, um, yeah, the, the, the first issue was very grounded and then suddenly ended with this big, like, um, you know, mythological crazy b- battle. Yeah, I feel like and I want it to go crazier, quicker, or something like that. Oh, right. Like so that. I, I thought now it is quite crazy. I thought maybe you want the grounded stuff to come back. But no, nah. you want the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I definitely think this is going to pan out pretty well in, in, for, as a long long series, though. Yeah, look, I'll give it another couple of issues. But it's just like, I think, I think part of the problem... I didn't, I didn't actively dislike it, but I think that the problem was there were just so many, like, unbelievably good comics this week right. that this kind of just felt a little bit average by comparison, which is, like, that's mean of me to compare <laughs> anything to, like, you know, Brubaker and Phillips working on literally anything um, and some of my favorite comics. But... Um, yeah, it just didn't. It just didn't grab me as much. Um, if you can find it, there's an amazing um, variant cover by um, Gerardo Zafino for this issue that I really love. Yeah, a really big, nice variant. Big cover. cool sword. Cool as hell. So you didn't read any more image books? No. What I did got, I miss out? I got five to oh, review. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, so uh, I'll just start quickly. Um, 
Invincible, number 134, The End of All Things, part two of 12, uh, the final last run of uh, Invincible by uh, Robert Kirkman and Ryan Otley. Um, basically, kind of, you know, we, we, we see them uh, Invincible in... Uh, What's his wife's name? Something. It's, it's, it's hard reviewing this by myself because I always ask questions that can't be answered. But they return to their original costumes for one last battle, which is Whoa, cute. Whoa, that's cute. Very cute. Um, and they have a daughter and, 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 and it's cool. Um, yeah, this it, is going to be a good last arc, I think. Nice. Um, and it's crazy because I, I can't think of anything I've ever read besides like the Marvel zombie stuff where Robert Kirkman has ended something. <laughs> yeah, um, he loves he loves to just keep things going well, forever, I, right? I mean, I would too if they made heaps of money. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, Invincible isn't, so he's going to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, East of West by Jonathan Hickman and Nick Dragotta. Um, another another book where you're like, you know, the first 10 pages, like, wait, what happened in the last issue again? Uh, classic Hickman. But um, you, you quickly get wrapped into the story. Um, you know, all these different f- fractions of the world at war. Um yeah, there's a there's a rogue eyeball gun in this uh, in this issue. Amazing. There's a lot going on in this, and uh, yeah, it was another excellent issue of one of the better comics that Image puts out each month. Um, so too was Manifest Destiny number twenty seven. Um, an explanation as to uh, basically the the, the this team of uh, following Lewis and Clark from one side of America to the other and encountering all these crazy monsters and now stuck in in, in a fog that allows them to see their worst fears. And uh, this fog is kind of like engulfed everybody. Um, and it looks like they're all going to kill each other. Nice. Cool. Uh, good fun stuff. Great art too by uh, Matthew Roberts. Um, Injection was actually my favorite of the two Warren Ellis books that came out this week. Huh. Have you not read any Injection? No. No, I've never read any. Warren Injection. Ellis, Declan Shalvey, Geordie Belair. Another, 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 uh, another Belair. Yeah, another Belair. Win. Yeah, incredible. Incredible. It's actually my favorite book that she does colors on. Yeah, as well. wow. That's amazing. Great. Really like hyper technicolor. Yeah, like at times. Pages, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it swaps around when you see different visions. But yeah, this is like a um, like a future um, supernatural detection agency kind of vibe. Um, and uh, yeah. every arc is completely different. Uh, and this is the start of, of a new arc, which features um, one of the underused members of the uh, Injection Society or whatever they are um, being sent to uh, investigate a uh, supernatural goings on. It's really awesome. They're like, super, it's supernatural, but also involved in tech as well. So, right up Warren Ellison's yeah. alley. This is a, a great series. It's probably my favorite comic I read this week, actually. What issue number is it at? Um, number 11. I think okay. it's, this is like the first so after two to, trades. not that hard to catch up on. I, no, should no, really, no. Okay. I should really check it out. Yep. And I'll read Mirror. Okay. All right, great. Deal. I bet neither of us do. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, I finally read Eclipse, the uh, Top Cow book that we quite liked. Oh, okay. About the, um, oh, maybe you did not quite like it after all, mm-hmm. but uh, by Zach Kaplan, Giovanni Timpano, and Flavio Dispenza. I feel like if I quite like something these days, it's really hard for me to find the motivation to You did not even it. quite like half the Marvel books you <laughs> no, read this week. what's wrong with me? I, I, I prioritize the image stuff. Um, yeah. Even if I'm not 100% on it, I'm like, I'll give it more of a chance. Yeah. Uh, but Eclipse was a story of... Uh, uh, in the future, the Earth, um, sorry, the sun is like a blistering levels of hot, so you can't go out during the day, or you'll uh, just get, or your flesh will get destroyed. Um, and so everyone lives underground, and there's like all these different hierarchies of people, a new society underground, but um, they've uncovered um, a society that live outdoors, and um, there are people out there that can survive the sun, Siobhan. Ooh. Pretty crazy stuff. That's crazy. It's a good series. It's very different to all other, like, um, books i'm reading at the moment also very different to every other top cow book in that it's, in that not it's actually good very yeah tit focused <laughs> there are no tits in this whatsoever <laughs> iron or other <laughs> um so there's all our image books that we read this week siobhan we've got a bunch of other books i bet yep. i read more of these than you as Miss- well <laughs> yeah it looks like oh, i read a couple I, yeah, all right, almost all right. Even. put your jukes up let's see what you got 
Um, should we talk about um, one that I like? I was sort of like, oh, do I still want to read this? And I actually Yo, loved, I loved this, this issue. Too. This was such a good issue. This is Grant Morrison's Avatar X Destroyer of Darkness um, for Graphic India. So this is the sort of universe of like um, Indian-based and focused characters. And Grant Morrison has written a couple of series for them. 18 Days is the other one, yeah. Um, so this has uh, created and written by Grant Morrison with art by Edison Manu George and colors by... S. Sundarakanan. I did a bad job of that. I'm sorry. Um, but so this is about, it's sort of like that classic, like a sort of godlike hero kind of Thor style, but with blue skin has come down to earth and he needs to team up or like at least join up. Or tether himself to a, to a human being. Yeah. yeah. And they have to like um, come and like do a high five or something like that once every 24 hours so that he can stay on the planet. And this, um, this god was originally supposed to come down and team up with this... Um, you know, incredibly good, pious, um, you know, good-hearted man. But instead, he gets his sort of good-for-nothing brother um, who, instead of, you know, trying to help save the world, gets him to come and try and win a um, arm wrestle competition for Yeah, him. So, so he can get laid. Yeah, so he can get laid. Um, but then that sort of turns out to have been part of some kind of huge cosmic plan. Um, it's so brilliant. This is such a fun concept. It's such a fun book. I really enjoyed it. And the art's brilliant. Yeah. And like, you know, Grant Morrison isn't doing much at the moment. Yeah. So you should definitely pick up this book. I w- it makes me want to go read 18 Days too. I've not read any of it. Totally. Same. Um, but uh, this was, yeah, th- this great arm wrestle competition between gods and uh, all this crazy backstory that's revealed after the competition ends. And, uh, I have no idea what's going to happen in the next issue. Um, this has like been a real slow burn. Like I remember that, that first issue, like seemingly nothing happened, mm. and then since then it's gotten quite rich. I don't, there was a massive delay between two and three. Hopefully, issue four comes out, you know, within a month. But uh, this is a good, good little one that to catch up on every time it comes out. Yeah, I, I, I really love enjoyed this. this. Really too. good fun. Um, let's talk about some Dark Horse books because there were two great ones. Yeah, um, and they were Ether by Matt Kitt and David Rubin, and Dead Inside by John O'Coody, Tony Fazula, and Andre May. Yeah, both really enjoyable books. I love Ether so much. So on one hand, I'm bummed that this is the end of Volume 1 of Ether, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, I was told this was just a miniseries, and to hear that it's an ongoing is very exciting. This is very exciting, because they do a really great job of... Um, like, wrapping up this first story arc with, you know, again, touching on some really, like heartbreaking details about our lead character's life um, without sort of being saccharine or focusing on it too much. It's just these kind of throwaway moments which really get you. A character shows up that we've seen a small amount of uh, in in, in our main character's backstory and when she shows up, even though she looks completely different and her name isn't said, you know exactly who it is and what it means for the main character. And, you know, for that to be in the middle of this like crazy interdimensional travel book, um, so great. Matt Kint is is one of the best writers doing stuff today and I'm so glad we get to review so many of his comics each week. And David Rubin is like... Oh, man so incredible like this is such a beautiful comic to look at and such like they really sort of play around with panel structure in this issue there's a couple of really confusing moments where he's traveling between the ether and between our world and it's yeah ah man i love this book and i love i love the the difference between the character in our world and in the ether you know in our world he's this kind of shabby unkempt man and in yeah in the ether he's still kind of a bit of a handsome adventurer because of how time works differently so clever, so brilliant. Yeah, I love it. This is like 
one of the best series of the year so far. Mm, easily. Um, like, Dark Horse are putting out, like, with this and Black Hammer and, you Dead know, Inside. Dead Inside. Like, they're doing some really awesome stuff over it. Um, yeah, Dark 100% Horse. agree. Yeah. Um, so, we're talking about Dead Inside right now. Um, mm. So, Ether, like, Ether, as soon as this trade comes out, we'll let you know. It's a must-buy. Yeah, Another must-buy. Ether and uh, Headlopper, um, two, two of the better books to come out. Actually, yeah. Ether, Headlopper, Injection, Avatar X, Killer. I'm just thinking, oh, they were your favorite books this week. They were a lot. I'm trying to do like our our six favorite books each week to put up on our Instagram and Twitter. Island 2. Island 2. Yeah, it was good. It was a great week. week. Um, There's no superheroes in that. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't a great week for superheroes. Uh, Dead Inside, number four by John Acudi, Tony Fajula, and Andre May. This is a a prison based crime comic in which uh, a um, a detective is investigating the murder of um, uh, two inmates. Um, and which only leads to more murders and more mystery. Um, and there's like, you know, inter, like there's uh, like, you know, uh, police department uh, politics going mm-hmm. on while she's trying to solve the case and things getting in the way of her doing the job she needs to do. There is a really shocking end to this. This is a comic that consistently every issue makes me go like, <gasps> with the last page yeah. and the last panel because... It was like genuinely shocking, really surprising, so clever. And like the, the restrictions that come as a result of this being a murder mystery that is existing within a prison um, creates such like interesting avenues for them to go down and the art is like so phenomenal like so different to anything I've seen so different for a crime comic it's like yeah I yeah love it. that, that and it's not a trope but like the, the kind of storytelling method where where one character discovers something mm. but it's not actually he does he's not able to reveal what that is, another character suddenly does, and it in in, in hindrance of the character who made the discovery. Mm. That makes sense, but like, yeah, it, it's used to such great effect in this issue. Absolutely. Um, and uh, Tony Fajula's art is so unique and awesome, and so suited to this story. Um, such good noses. Such good tattoos. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was a this is an ex- excellent issue. Again, a must buy. Um, yeah, really, it is. Um, and John Akuti, he's so. Um, diverse in his stories. Like, yeah, I mean, mostly crime comics, but... Oh, I mean, no, because he's got all the BRPD stuff he's done. Oh, yeah, and he also does, like, that super crazy, supernatural, um, uh, like, story about, like, God's rumble over an image as oh, well. Okay, so, like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I've only read his crime comics. Yeah. <laughs> he, but he's an incredible crime writer, first yeah. and foremost. So, yeah, Dead Inside is definitely my, my preference of John Arcudi mm, stuff. Absolutely. Um, Archie? Yeah. Number 18. Just for something totally different. Yep. By Mark Wade and newcomer Pete Woods. First of all, what do you think? Do you like Pete Woods as an Archie artist? Is he better or worse than Joe Eisner? Um, I prefer I prefer him to Joe Eisner. I, um, you know, I think that he does a good job of some of the physical comedy. I don't... He draws, he draws a, like, hilariously sassy jughead, which is pretty funny. <laughs> um, but I, I like this issue, you know? It, it kind of explores, like... You know, Archie and Veronica had this kind of whirlwind romance when she first showed up to um, to Riverdale, but now she's back from finishing school in Switzerland, and they're realizing the difficulties of the differences between them. You know, they thought it was going to be perfect now that she was back, but they come from they come from different worlds. They're from different sides of the track. Maybe guys. this won't work after all. Um, and the sort of cute. The cute, funny little sort of almost like date between Dilton and Betty is really sweet and yeah. really lovely. And I loved it. I thought that was really good fun. Yeah. Really uh, enjoyable. I love how much this plays up what an absolute accident-prone goof Archie is. Yeah. Um, like uh, at one point we see a flashback while he's getting like the equivalent of an Uber in Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Um, he 
the, the driver's like, hey, weren't you once a, an Uber driver too? And then it cuts to like him, he's like accidentally crashed a, 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 his car into a tree <laughs> and the owner's like, how? <laughs> and then later on he takes, he goes on the date and uh, there's a, a picture of Archie with like a, a, a bowl on his head. It says wanted for crimes against waitering. <laughs> Which and, and like, you know, we, we express concern about Mark Wade taking over Jughead after Zadarsky and Ryan North, but that's absolutely a joke that they would do. So yeah, it gives me a little bit of faith. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, in fact, he handles the comedy in the Archie book quite well. It's just, it just it is a more kind of like broad, less upfront comedy in this than the um, like you know no holds barred comedy fest that we see in Jughead. Yeah, like Jughead's more of a straight comedy book, whereas there's a fair amount of like relationship angst stuff that goes on in Archie. Yeah, this is a great series. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I, I still like you know obviously everything is a step da- step down from um, Fiona Staples. But um, is it Ryan Charm who's doing the Jughead book? Yeah. He's like my preferred Derek Arch. Charm. Derek Charm, sorry. Derek Charm is like my preferred Archie artist. And I just yeah. wish he was able to do all of them because he's yeah. so good. Absolutely agreed. Um, also, it would be good to get Veronica Fish back too. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Agreed. Um, box Office Poison comics, color comics over from uh, Top Shelf and IDW. This is the re-release of the uh, 90s comic Box Office Poison in a color single issue format. Um, this is a book that I've read in full uh, many times, one of the first comics I ever read, um, and a book that Siobhan has only started reading as these come out issue by issue. Um, so it's a fun experiment where I kind of get reacquainted with this in a new format that I've not mm. read before and Siobhan reads it for the first time. It's funny because it's a book that, even though I'm reading it for the first time, it feels quite nostalgic because it really has that sense of like, it feels like a webcomic that I would have read in high school. Right, yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, by Alex, written and drawn by Alex Robinson, colours by Pat N. Lewis. The colours, nearly added colours are the worst thing about the book, in my opinion. But it is nice to have an excuse to read this in, uh, in, uh, in single issue format. Yeah, format. absolutely. Yeah. There's a funny Willie in this comic. There is. Oh, there's a whole lot of dicks in this comic. Yeah, I like um, it. In like in overall, not not in just in, there's only one. In in this there was only one in this issue. I was like, did I miss, did I miss <laughs> a bunch of Willies? Um, I like this. You know, it's it's real, just sort of small slice scale. Of life. Yeah, slice of life. Um, it's about just about a bunch of just a bunch of young people trying to make their way in this world. But we see the beginning of the probably the biggest kind of main ongoing plot, which is one of our um, characters uh, goes for a job at the kind of equivalent of Marvel or DC Comics Zoom Comics mm-hmm. with a superhero epic he's been writing since he was in high school. Um, he's a cartoonist and he he, th- he thinks he's gotten a job, and this is the start of uh, a long arc of him trying to make it as a cartoonist in a mainstream comic book world. Um, so you have this slice of life drama with also real time, like real world comic book politics mm. from this point forward. It's pretty great. Yeah. Really I love enjoyable. this series. Really yep. good fun. And like uh, if you have read this before and you're like, why should I pick this up? Well, there is a box office postscript at the back, which is two pages of, uh, of uh, box office poison commentary by the, uh, by Alex Robinson, the creator who is uh, more famous now for his podcast, Star Wars minute than he is uh, his comics, which is crazy. That is crazy. Um, yeah. Good stuff. Really great um, issue. I, th- I think so anyway. Did you yeah, agree? Yeah, yeah, I Great. like it. Hooray. Um, James Bond 007, Felix Leiter. You're not reading this and you dropped it? No, nah, I dropped it. James Robertson and art by um, Aaron Campbell. Um, continues the adventures of uh, Felix Leiter that we met. I don't know, is it later? Later or lighter? Um, I would say... I would say later, just because Felix that's later. more open to puns. Okay, sure. Um, Felix later, <laughs> um, but uh, this is like yeah, he, he's he's in he's, he was someone that was introduced in the Warren Ellis run, and this is him uh, now on a mission in in Tokyo, um, and we learn a bit of a backstory about him falling in love with a, a Russian operative who uh, kind of used him, and he he let his feelings get in the way. 
there's a lot going on in this uh, with this like weird chemical weapon that's released from within people's skin, uh, which is you know a nice tie into some of the weird things that were introduced in the Warren Ellis run. I think James Robertson has great got a great hold of uh, the tone that Warren Ellis introduced without without uh, you know uh, just aping his style. Yeah, nice. Um, we've also got like there's so many James Bond comics coming out. I know it's and ludicrous. The next one we're getting is by Kieran Gillan. Ah, I'll check that out. And actually, British. Oh no, I think a lot of these guys have been British. Yeah, I have Warren, Warren Ellis, for example. Yeah, Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis <laughs> is very British. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to see Kieran Gillan's take on on Bond. Mm, I'll definitely give that a look. Last comic of the episode: Death Be Damned, issue number two, by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, with art by. Andrew Miller? No. no. Illustrated by Hannah Christensen. I'm not right. sure what Andrew Miller does on this book. He's written. He's a writer. My also. bad. Um, so three writers, one one cartoonist. Uh, the cartoonist is the best thing about this book, in my opinion. The art's really, really beautiful. Um, and uh, this I story, like this, this story, though. Yeah, it's fun. It's a story about resurrection mm-hmm. um, in a in a Western um, setting mm-hmm. in the 1800s. Uh, resurrection and redemption and revenge. Yeah. Brilliant, with like a female protagonist who who can't die, and a Native American um, sort healer. Of healer who is obsessed with. Um, I like the twist of like he wants to bring his wife back. We think we assume from the dead, but then it turns out she came back from the dead, but she she didn't have a didn't soul. bring a soul with her. So so she he he wants this uh, the woman who can't die to find his wife's soul. I really like the series. I think it's a really yeah, solid. I love like I love the western setting. It's only a four issue miniseries, so it's well worth tracking down the first um, first two issues, guys, to check out. I think I think it's just something really different. Yeah, and it's cool to see Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, who are much better known for comedy uh, podcasts and comedy uh, comics, do something with it's almost devoid of jokes. Yeah, yeah. Very serious series. Uh, oh, serious series, serious <laughs> issues. What a great way to end the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Again, my name is Andrew Levins. Her name is Siobhan Coombs. Sure is. And uh, next week we have some very exciting news to announce. So uh, make sure you listen to next week's episode. Um, we're currently at an all-time high when it comes to downloads. Um of uh, each of our episodes and it's really cool um, we're getting new, new listeners every week new members of our Facebook group ch- chatting about comics with us uh, it's super awesome we're to, getting uh, heaps of emails guys it's really really lovely lots of people writing in to um, ask, us, ask us questions I got an email um, this morning from I'm just trying going to track down his name Philip McFarlane who just wanted to know if he should read Age of Apocalypse I said yes like as in like the <laughs> X-Men series yeah. yeah right cool it's a classic and I think it's such a Todd's 90s brother, classic right? Yeah, you got to assume, Todd's right? brother Phil. <laughs> Todd's brother Phil. Um, you what can, have we got uh, coming out next week? You can, uh, yeah, yeah, you can e- email us serious issues at kingscomics.com yeah. or you can join our group, facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues podcast. Find us there, talk to us there, uh, talk to many other listeners of serious issues there. Mm. Uh, it's, it's very lovely over there. Yeah, it's nice. It's good fun. Um, but uh, yeah, coming out this week, uh, we've got a whole bunch of comics. Uh, we've got the final issue of. Uh, a, a book that Siobhan stopped reading after issue two, but I'm just so excited for it to end. Uh, Reborn by Mark Millar and Greg Capullo. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe you're still reading that. I, t- I hate reading it. It's um, lots of fun. But also we have Black Hammer issue seven. Great news. No one's hate reading that. Uh, we have the first issue of Ed Brisson's Iron Fist number one. Oh, um, interesting. I'm which, interested uh, to check that out. Yeah, I'm slightly less interested because it means the death of one of our favorite Marvel comics, Power Man and Iron Fist. Mm, true. But you can't have it all, Siobhan. And at least uh, David Walker is going to continue writing a Luke Cage book. Oh, cool. That's good news. Yeah, we've got uh, the third issue of uh, Curse Words. Also the third issue of Loose Ends. I think the third and final issue of Loose Ends. I think it's four issues, that one. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, either way, I'm I hope peaked. it's four. 
I'm like I'm geek too. Uh, we have uh, a book. Um, I've never read a Ghostbusters comic. Oh, me neither. But Ghostbusters 101 combines the all female Ghostbusters with the all male Ghostbusters. Great. And time travel as well. So amazing. I, don't know. I guess we have to read that because it's the number one. Can't <laughs> wait. Uh, we also get the final issue of Unworthy Thor by Jason Aaron and Oliver Kopel. Um, which cool. I'm really, really excited about. Sexy uh, shaved head Thor. Yes, please. Doing some stuff. Um, and we get a new Hulk. We've been enjoying that. Lots of good stuff next week. Doom Patrol returns. Uh, so uh, definitely stay tuned. Uh, or, sorry, definitely tune back in yeah. <laughs> to Serious Issues. Um, and uh, follow us on Twitter too, at Serious underscore underscore Issues. And also, if you listen this far, why not give us a lovely review on iTunes? That'd be lovely. And Thanks, downvote man. all the bad ones, <laughs> especially the ones that attack me personally and not the show. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.